0: Bad snap. Bobby. Oh, Scooped oh. up.
1: Here come the Spartans. Touchdown MSU. Touchdown.
2: From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world.
3: I, you know what? I, can I get on my soapbox real quick? Get on the soapbox, as I love to do. This studio is a mess. I understand there was a flood when <laughs> we were <laughs> just wh- just whatever. I it. I get it, but the studio is an absolute mess. I come in here every day. I'm here two days a week in the studio, Sunday with you, Green and White Report, and on Mondays as well, doing the Motown Rundown. Shameless plug. And yes, exactly, shameless plug. And I feel like the this desk or whatever this was was the desk that we sit at that has the mics on it. It's always moving. Like I, I don't actually think it's been in the same spot for two weeks in a row, and many people don't agree with me on that. But it just, it's the way it is. I'm, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't take a picture be- when before you leave. Take a picture of the way this thing looks, and when you come, in, it's going to be six inches to the right next time you come in.
4: Okay. And I can I'll always, che- I'll check it.
3: I can always judge it based on how much I have to suck my stomach in when I try to get around this left corner over here. And today it was, I, I had a little bit of leeway. A little bit maybe of leeway. I'm a, maybe I'm lose some weight. I have no idea. I think so. I am you're I looking, looking good. good? <laughs> you're looking good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, lot to do today, per usual. Uh, we'll start off the show with Michigan State football. If you remember, the football team played on Saturday. I almost I woke up Saturday and I was like, "There's definitely something I have to do today." I didn't know what it was. I was like, "Well, Penn State plays at three thirty against Ohio State." I was like, "Oh." Michigan State football has a game. Still going on. Exactly. So that's going on, which is great. Uh, we have Michigan State women's basketball as well with Nathan Stearns coming up very shortly after that. Michigan State men's basketball, Michigan State hockey, who's been playing unreal puck, as the kids say. Unreal puck. In the last couple of weekends here, uh, they'll do our Sparty Awards. you know it's Thanksgiving when. Thanksgiving is around the corner here. Yes, it is. I'm excited. On Thursday, correct? That's Thanksgiving? Yes. Is Thanksgiving always on Thursday? For the longest time, I always thought Thanksgiving was on the 24th of November.
4: Why? What made you think that? I don't
3: know. Because you know how Christmas is the 25th no matter what? Yeah. But I, huh. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the last Thursday in, in November. That could be it. It's the third it Thursday I don't know. of November. Are you getting an echo? Year. I'm getting an echo
4: a little bit of an echo.
3: I'm a mess. Uh, I don't the, know. I it's you okay. know, you got
4: to battle through it. You got to battle through it yeah, Sunday November 24th. You got to battle through it.
3: You're right. I'm also very congested and I have been for like the last 2 weeks. It sounds like I'm talking with my with my nose plugged like you know how you do one of those things when you're a kid, you plug your nose and start talking like a goober. Like a goober. Uh as we keep rolling here. Sorry. Michigan State football part 2. Alex McCray. I'm curious to hear what he has to say. He always has some strong opinions about Uh, Michigan State football. He does, he does. Well, here he has to say that our NFL picks to end the show. Uh, Let's just jump right in now on a Sunday. Great morning to you. Ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Uh, Michigan State football does what it's supposed to do. They shut out Rutgers, 27-0. Brian Lewerke, 21 for 30 through the air, 239 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Elijah Collins, 31, carries 109 yards. Cody White, 11, catches 134 yards, three touchdowns, a career game for him. Uh, any surprises there, Julian?
4: Um, Nothing that's surprising. I think, first off, it's very hard to look at this Rutger game, Rutgers game and then go, wow, Michigan State football's back. Yeah, yeah. And be so exactly. happy with the outcome. This exactly. is, as kind of as, as you said, it's what it was what was supposed to happen. Um, the thing that I guess is quote-unquote surprising is the Cody White 11 catches, partially because he hasn't been that great this year. Correct. But that is the number or the, the performance he was supposed to be having all season long. Yep. Um, and so I think if you look at this game and I think you look at Rutgers, yes, Rutgers is a really bad team, but you do kind of go away from it and saying, you know, there is a guy named Cody White who's 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 pretty darn good when he wants to be. And if you want to take a positive from that, you can. But uh, that's really I think you look at this game and you just say it, it was Rutgers. And I think you're, you're happy with the fact that Michigan State was at least able to show that they may be in the bottom of the Big Ten, but they are still better than Rutgers at the end of the day. And if you're a Michigan state fan, that is a I guess the the sole positive you take away from this is that you the the, the nuke has not hit the ground yet <laughs> That's a good there, way to put there it. is still some That's life there is still some life on earth, some life in east lansing um and michigan state is is still a step above Rutgers. I just sort of view Michigan
3: state football as a whole at the moment of there's more attention to things going on off the field than there is on the field, in the sense that I don't really think anyone cared about this Rutgers game, because again, it's Rutgers, and it's it's unfortunate that Michigan State has to play a game like this so late in the year, where it's, you know, you don't even have to put eyes on the game, and you know it's going to happen, and honestly, I mean, the, the Rutgers game last year got a little bit too close for comfort, admittedly, but... Look, I mean, you, you, you go in there, and, and I don't know if there were any fans at the stadium. It didn't seem like it, but you get the job done. 27 nothing is impressive no matter who you're playing. And we've always said, too, Michigan State's not a football team that's going to come in and put up 60 points on you yeah. like Alabama does to their cupcake team. So, I mean, I guess the positive you take out, only nine incompletions for Brian Lewerke, obviously. Um, 109 yards for Elijah Collins seems like a good number, but on 31 carries, you're averaging like 3.5. Yards per carry, so still to me, the running game, and it just all comes down to the offensive line, in my opinion, who's been quite abysmal this entire season and has been for the last couple of years. Um, as you said, it's a good, but Cody White, it, you know, you, you're obviously missing missing Daryl Stewart pretty heavily, but but Cody White is someone who last year it almost seems like I don't know I don't want to say that he's regressed, but it's almost as if he hasn't played up to expectations, especially in this season. And at least for the confidence in a game like this, we were able to get some more guys in the game that you don't usually see on the field for the Spartans, um, a, a career day for him. I think that's, that's obviously a, a career high uh, total touchdowns in the game with three touchdowns. Uh, so so good for him. I, it's 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 weird not really being able to talk about Michigan State football for that long. Like I feel like if we drag this out for more than ten minutes, it, like what is what is there to say? You know exactly. Because I, mean? I
4: feel like we we we've said all that has has needed and is necessary to say about this Michigan State. Football team, and I, I, I mean, you look at this, and I do one thing that I didn't want to talk about because I think it was something that came up after the game. um Was that this was officially, as Mark D'Antonio said, Joe Bachi's last game as a Spartan, um as the appeal was denied uh, that they made to the NCAA. So it was a it was officially Joe Bachi's last game. And I guess I I want to ask you because I was looking at this and I was looking at Joe Bachi, and obviously there's still other players like that on the roster that are still playing for Michigan State, but I look at Bachi and, and this kind of being the last game, and think. It's kind of the we've we already talked about it being an end of an era, but mm-hmm. for as terms of being bringing in like three star players and turning them into NFL prospects, uh, this group with with Bachi and even Willickis and, and Raekwon and so, uh, so on and so forth, like. That's that's kind of it of the guys that D'Antonio has brought in and turned from three stars to NFL prospects. I I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like at least for me looking at it, that is the one of the lasting legacies. I look at Joe Bacci for as being one of the the last remaining kind of work your way to an NFL prospect guys that D'Antonio has brought in.
3: Yeah, and that's it's it's a good point, and that's obviously you know when we talked the last couple of weeks. That's that's D'Antonio's thing. Like he you know he doesn't need your four and five star recruits. He'll get guys that come in here and want to work hard and turn them into NFL prospects. And I think there is a pretty considerable, uh, a solid handful of players from this yeah. team this year. I mean, you know, despite, despite Bocce's shortcomings there, as far as the uh, steroid, whatever was going on there. Um, I, I assume that he'll find a spot in the NFL. Uh, Kenny Willickis as well. I would say Mike Panishuk as well. Raquan Williams, the list goes on and on. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's just, and back to the Bocce thing too, it's kind of the culmination of just the way things have gone this season as far as how I view him as a Spartan, and I don't know definitively how people will remember Joe Bocce, but yeah. I, I look at this defense especially with the guys that I just named that will probably be NFL talents in some capacity. I don't know what impact they'll have uh, long term, but it, it's it's been fun to watch. And you know, I I think that when you hear the term Michigan State Spartans and Spartan Dogs, especially, those are like the guys like those are the names that pop into your head. Like when I'm, you know, fifty years old and I'm telling my kids about when I went to Michigan State University and the teams that I used to watch. And you know, not that they, not that these this group of guys, you know, coined the term Spartan Dogs, but just the fact that you know. Joe Bocce and how he used to play Kenny wilickis yeah. you know the the Panashuk brothers, Rayquan Williams, those are guys to me that really embody what that means, and I don't know as far as down the depth chart of you know now you have to start looking at your it it who those guys are going to be for you next year, and I don't really have that answer for you as 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 far as who those people are um but you know especially with a guy like Bocce it's you know, there's there's been incidents in the past towards the end of the year. You know that you can bring up from the from the past of, you know, where things kind of fall apart for players. Maybe they don't go out on on the terms that they want to, whether it be being suspended, missing bowl games, you know, being kicked off the team, whatever. Um, I don't know, and I guess I could, you know, I'm curious as to what you think as far as Joe Bocci's legacy here. Obviously, the way and as I said, it was all just kind of a culmination of a bunch of things that I think make me feel the way of. When I think of Joe Bocce and and mm-hmm. and remember him at Michigan State, I'll always think of you know a guy that played hard, a leader, um, someone that you didn't want to play against if you're uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But it'll always be with that little little piece in the back of my mind of well, you know, he he had to miss the last couple of games because he was doing you know P P E Peds or whatever it is that they that they suspended him for. And that just kind of a I mean it kind of sucks to have to remember a guy yeah. like that in that way because you you know not that. I'm not gonna say someone that you look up to, but I'm sure there's you know there's kids Michigan State football fans. He's one of the guys mm-hmm. that you know when you think Michigan State football, you think Joe Bocci and I mean it's just you know it's it's unfortunate. I don't know how it happened. If you know if people knew about it in the in the program or not, but you know it, it's it is you know with with one game left to play, obviously against Maryland at home next weekend and in, in Senior Day, it's. It's tough, man. It's it's we've kind of been looking. You know, this this football season has kind of been a, a slow d- downward spiral of of just being a mess and emotions and kind of starting to realize what you have in front of you and this group of seniors and losing this group of seniors is one of those things where now you got to look. Hey, next man up.
4: Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and I think you lo- you look at Bocchi and his legacy, and like you said, you look at you know, a Spartan dog and a guy who who worked his tail off once he got to East Lansing and turned himself into an NFL prospect, into a, a you know, a potential top rounder, a guy who's going to go into the league and potentially be great. And I think that's one piece of it that you take away. And I don't know if it's, for me, it's not necessarily the PDs. I think I'll definitely look back and I'll think, wow, I can't believe you didn't, you weren't able to go out on your own terms. But But the biggest turn for me is the fact it, it's going to be a what could have been.
2: Yeah, And you, you look at a guy like
4: Bocce and you look at not just him but the talent surrounding him and the talent on that defense and you're like, this this was supposed to be something. And just the fact that it never panned out, I feel like it's always something you're going to look at the, these guys that are coming out and then will be there for senior day um, against Maryland and you'll say, wow, what, what could have been if yeah. things went right, if things went differently, if say they got an upset win over Ohio State what what with the season of be? where would you look at this team and so i for me that's the thing that i'll look back and I, and i'll and i'll say what 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 could have been and um another point about Michigan State football as we kind of we kind of go on here other news um from the week Mark Dantonio at a press conference uh obviously he's not going to tell you that he's going to retire um with two games left in the season but he he says that he thinks he will be here for i think it was the Northwestern game in 2020 yeah. um and so, so I want to get your thoughts on that and, and where you're kind of looking at with Mark D'Antonio.
3: Yeah, and that's I, I, a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And that's obviously a big talking point that we need to have here. I, I want to throw the number out real quick, too. 517-432-3893 if you want to call and weigh in on the Mark D'Antonio situation. 517-884-8989 to text us or tweet us at wdbm sports using the hashtag GWReport. Uh, obviously something that we need to talk about. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, I I don't think that this is anything surprising to me. It, the only thing that I think this does for anyone being a Spartan fan is is now you kind of realize okay he doesn't have any intentions of retiring, and he's not going to get fired in the off season. So again, as I just said, you you now know that Mark D'Antonio is is committed to be here. And to be completely honest with you, I don't I I I'm almost happier that he came out and and, and made a point of emphasis that he wanted to be here or that he Mm -hmm. expected to be here and his whole thing about you know completing circles and that's been his you know his mantra that he's he's carried with him throughout his tenure at this university and you know I don't I I don't really have anything left to say that hasn't been said I I truly do believe in Mark D'Antonio just based on his track record and I understand that you know, he he. Things have not been great in the past handful of years. I mean, the guy has. I think maybe two. This will be depending on how this season goes. I, he might only have one or two losing seasons here, record wise. I mean, you count the bowl games, and you got you know a couple seven and six years. Obviously, his earlier years when he took the program more from John L. Smith, it was quite quite bad. But you've you've seen how he's been able to take this team or this program. And make it into what it is. And the thing that I get frustrated with when, when you know, talking about people about, do you want Coach D here? Do you want him gone? Is everyone is is basing their opinion on? Well, look at where Michigan State was, you know, five years ago. Look at the Cotton Bowl. Look at the 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 football, the the CFP. Look at the Big Ten championships. Yeah, you know, that's where Michigan State football needs to be back. And I kind of scratch my head and go, "Do you not realize who's the guy that took you there? You weren't winning Big Ten championships with John L. Smith, okay? You went to, other than the '60s, you don't really have much to hang your hat on as a Michigan State football program. This is the guy that's done it for you. So for you to think that you're gonna just fire Mark D'Antonio and you're gonna you're gonna get in what's his name, Luke Fick, whatever, whoever these these names are that people want to throw in the hat here for, for their their own reasons." Do you really think that that someone like that who you know maybe do, that doesn't have the years in it this program is going to turn this program around and all of a sudden you're going to come back next year and win the Big 10? You're not. Okay? Look at the players you have on your roster right now when you lose your seniors. These are kids, you know, that that are not going to put you at a level where you're competing for a national championship. National championship next year. They're just not. So yeah, you know, you have one of two ways to go. You can go try to find some unreal recruiter who can get these talents in. And you're obviously, being Michigan State, you're never going to get the guys that Alabama does or the SEC schools do or that Ohio State does or Michigan does. You're just not going to do that unless you sustain a decade plus of beating the crap out of teams, beating Michigan every year, beating Ohio State every year, being in the in, in the conversation for the, for the, the playoff every year and do I see that happening in my lifetime? No. Just like I don't I don't see, you know, you can be real with yourself. I don't see, you know, Michigan State hockey winning a national championship in in my lifetime. I just don't. Like there's so many teams mm-hmm. and so many factors and there's just, you know, there's so it is what it is. I just I, I need people to take a step back and and, and recognize all these things that you pride yourself on of being a Michigan State football fan, it comes under the reign of Mark D'Antonio. I will agree with you that when you bring up your point of you know what could have been, it is absolutely embarrassing and disgusting. It makes me sick to my stomach that you're going to lose this group of seniors, especially on defense, and you've done next to nothing with them. Like it's it's embarrassing to me, and that looks you look right at the offensive staff. In my opinion, not that everyone on defense has been great because they've been exposed this year, obviously, but mm-hmm. and that's what that's what irritates me. And and to be honest with you, Julian, if if Mark D'Antonio keeps this same group that he did and, and if he shuffles the deck again and there's no changes, if no one gets fired, if no one gets hired in, and it's the same crap next year and the year after and the year after, then we can have that conversation because now he's being actually counterproductive to your program. But for now, I mean, whatever. He's Mark D'Antonio clearly has a, feels like he has unfinished business here, and I want to let him finish that business.
4: I think, you, I think you're exactly right. And this may be a very weak analogy, but it's the thing that pops into my head. It's like when you have a kid, and the kid's playing with Legos, and he builds this Lego masterpiece. And then at the end of building this masterpiece, he decides to tear it all down. You don't just let the kid walk away and not pick up the Legos that he just broke all over the floor. Yeah. What he has to do is clean up the Legos, and put them away so next time somebody else can come and use them. And that is what I think Mark D'Antonio needs to do. And I think he said it with the completing the circles. He built this program up to its peak, and now, you know, for what he's done with shuffling the deck, he's tearing it down. But what he has to do is at least get a new core, get a new staff, get new recruiters, get new people in, and try and get it somewhere where if, you know, he retires where they say, Mark, you got to go, somebody else is not left picking up whatever scraps are left behind. To be honest, as you said, I don't think some new person is going to come in here with what this team has right now and be able to turn this into something that you're going to be proud of in a few years.
0: Julian, so I got a question. What would be completing the circle? Because it's hard to say that this team is going to get back to college football playoff caliber football. I, I don't know what he thinks completing the circle is going 8-4 for the next couple of years. Like I, I, that, That's the question I have.
4: I think when I look at it, and I think a lot of people would say it has to be college football playoff. He has to get this program back to what he had it at at its peak. But I think if he is going to move on and retire and they bring in somebody new, you at least have to get this program to the, the middle upper top of the Big Ten. I think where they're at now is that they are the scrubs of the Big Ten. They are sitting along, you know, with the Illinois, with teams that are, like, there. And they're not—because you look at the way they come out, and they lose to an Illinois, and they, you know, they go out and they shut out Rutgers, but it's still just 27 nothing. A team like Ohio State's dropping 44 on them.
0: Yeah, 50. I mean, they're going to the quick lane ball. <laughs> they're going to the quick lane ball. Like, right.
4: that is is absolutely—for a, a program like Michigan State that gets that is considered to be a national brand in rarefied air, it's pretty, for lack of a better word, disgusting— that they're going to be in a quick lane bowl.
0: Are are they a national brand right now? I don't think they are anymore. Well, I, obviously you look at the last two, what were they, three years ago, they were 10 and three, correct? Whatever. Uh, yes. So
3: again, like you, you have two down years, you were seven and six last year, and you're looking at a, a potential seven and six season this year too. So it's, it's, I just, I need people to just like, again, when you look at the brand of Michigan state football, it is Mark D'Antonio. It's, it's, It's one and the same. And I want to remind everyone. That after Michigan State basketball lost to Syracuse in the tournament, people wanted Izzo gone. And then he takes you to the final four. It's just, this is how people are. It, it, it's negativity sells. It, when, when the team's seven and six, obviously no one's happy. So, as far as completing the circle goes to me, what that means is I, Mark D'Antonio cares enough about this university that he's, like you said, Julian, he's not going to walk away from this product, a depleted product, and hand it off and say, here you go. You know, it's all yours. I think by completing the circle to answer Colin's question, is he's gonna Mark D'Antonio's gonna shift his focus on getting the right pieces in here as far as coaching staff to potentially have his, you know, next in line when he wants to step away. And your focus is on recruiting. You need to get players in here. And and you need to get players in here now and sustain a pipeline of good talent. So I think if you give Mark D'Antonio probably less than a handful more years because i i really believe that he'll go out on his own terms and it'll be his last season and he'll retire off into the sunset let let mark d'antonio do what he's done in the past get some players in here develop them with different assistant coaches hopefully and then when you're when you're back to a product who's you know beating michigan competing with ohio state being in the talk at the end of the year of of potentially winning your side of the big 10 then I'd be fine with them stepping away, but again, I, I I cannot emphasize enough. I I I love coming back to this point because it helps me out so much with my argument. After Michigan State lost to Syracuse, people wanted Izzo gone, like his time's done here. They're you know they're 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 too good to be getting bounced this early, and then he literally took you to a Final Four the next season. Now, nah. so, so the, again, the grass is not always greener, as I say every show.
4: I I will. I think a sliver of that is true. And I think what I, will, what I will, will go at and try and make the point of for me, and we do have to move on at some point here to women's basketball. But for me, when you look at Izzo and what happened with Syracuse, what Izzo has shown you in the last few years, while it's not a wholesale change, he has made moves to what the modern college basketball is looking like with an undersized five in Xavier Tillman, who is not your prototypical five man, running a pick and roll offense with Cassius Winston that is heavy dosage pick and roll. These are all—he has allowed himself, and I think what he tried to do with Syracuse is had a lot of talent and tried to make what he did his own brand of what Michigan State basketball is supposed to be on a team that was not that. And I think what he has done is he has looked at the pieces that he has, and they're a little bit more bendable to what he wants to do, but he's also flexed a little bit. And you kind of see that's why they went to a Final Four, is at first it was Nick Ward post-heavy offense. Then Nick Ward sits down and you realize, hey, I have the best point guard in the nation. And now we run pick and rolls. And I think the thing is, if you're going to look at Izzo and Mark D'Antonio, D'Antonio has to show a willingness to move to where college football is moving to. And that's what, to me, the reason that his downfall is happening, is, right. that, is that a lack of movement towards what college football is moving towards.
3: I agree. We can, we can move more into that. Con- when Alex McCray joins us, second half of the show, I think it's a good conversation to bring up with him. But we will move on now to Michigan State women's basketball. Nathan Stearns is here. Nathan, thank you for your patience.
2: Oh, no problem, guys. Thank you for having me. Of I appreciate course. it. I
3: know you have some some coverage to do today, some play-by-play for the women's game. Uh, we'll talk about Tuesday this week. Team cruised with 76-56, went over Oakland at
2: home, uh, four scores and double figures. Takeaways from that victory. It was a really mad performance. Like It was one of those games where it just seemed they were sleepwalking through, and they won because Oakland's terrible. Oakland was 6-24 and last year, to put it bluntly. So it wasn't extremely impressive. It did seem like there was a little bit of a hangover from the Notre Dame win, which was just sensational. Absolutely sensational to be able to, be able to go to the Joyce Arena. And the one thing I would say about the Joyce Center is, it's like a museum. You go out in the concourse and there's just like 50 different exhibits to Newt Rockney. It, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. But it wasn't a great game. It was it was a sloppy game. I mean they they didn't shoot well. They shot 40 percent from the field and they really weren't able to stretch out their lead uh, into double figures until the third quarter. So it took them a while to really stiff arm Oakland and run away with the game. I thought at the end of the game. Merchant wasn't happy, and she wasn't in her post game, and it was just a really, it wasn't a terrible performance. I'm not gonna say it was a F caliber performance, but it was like a C C minus. It just a lot of mislayups, a lot of fundamental errors, and just a game where it was like really not not good enough, not good enough.
4: And so that's one thing I want to ask because I feel like we've talked a little bit about that a lot. The fact that this team comes out sometimes with slow starts or doesn't play their best basketball until later on in the game, and for you. Has there been a point very early in the season, but has Michigan State put together a complete game? And does that concern you as they start to play bigger and better opponents down the line that this team has had issues kind of starting and even finishing some
2: games? I don't know if there really is a term for a complete game because no, they weren't shooting the ball particularly well, especially in the first half against Notre Dame, but they won. Mm-hmm. And for a team that's lost to McGraw time after time after time, seven previous times to be exact, th- to be able to conquer those demons, you avenge last year's tournament loss. I can't say anything negative about that. That's as close to a complete win as I think you can as you can possibly mention. Just because it was so gutsy. They were getting whistled all the time. And only half of it was right, but that's a story for another day. And everything that Notre Dame threw at them, every time Notre Dame made a run, they fought back. They are resilient. I will admit this. They are a resilient bunch And nothing phases them. Nothing phases them. So I'm not extremely worried. I think having Kali back will be a huge, huge bonus because to this point in the year, you know what you're going to get from Nia Cloughton. But other than that, if she gives you 10 points a game or... 15 like she had this game, who's going to be your second option? You'd say McCutcheon, and you know what she's going to, you're going to get from her is a really good on-ball defender, a capable three-point shooter, but there needs to be the second, third option, this consistent second, third option, because it's been the rotating door of Nora Joyner, Osment, Parks, Winston, who's shown the ability to be good, but it'll be one game on, one game off, one game on, one game off. It's not like a sustained stretch. But no, it doesn't worry me because of what they're showing right now. And this is the point of the year where there's going to be growing pains, but just the sheer potential. And these kids will make plays where you just got to, you know, you turn to the guy next to you and you say, what, how did you, how did they do that? That's a play a senior makes, not a freshman. So no, not, not really, not really, no.
4: Gotcha. And with, with Kali coming back pretty soon, Nia Cloud, I'm playing the way she is. He was named one of the top five women in college basketball uh, over the past week with her performance. How how do you see both of them playing together? They both play kind of a, a very similar kind of game, uh, and do you think those two are going to be the focal points going forward for this Michigan State team that so far has been pretty well balanced in terms of scoring and in terms of what they get from all around?
2: I really don't know how Collie factors into this equation because she hasn't played yet. She's been back and forth between Team Canada and here, and if you guys haven't listened to the Breslin Breakdown, I would encourage you guys, because we talked about this significantly she goes to Canada, and she doesn't play. She was on the bench the entire time, and it was like, what, what are you doing? You're going to leave your team only to sit on the bench? I mean, if it's one thing, if you're getting 35 minutes a game, but did you really improve your draft stock and your national pride so much that you were sitting on the bench for, you know, your team needs you? And the problem is, you have one more free game against Hartford, and then your schedule, the gauntlet comes up, LSU, Kansas State, Syracuse, they have a stretch where they play four ranked teams in five games and none of them are at the Breslin. So I don't really want her to be transitioning into this rhythm with playing with Cloud and playing with Taryn during the LSU game. That's what I wanted her to play against Oakland. I wanted her to play against Hartford because those are what those games are for. They're rhythm-based games. They're games to build the continuity back again because You guys know, I mean, obviously shoot around's great, but it's a lot different when you're in a game environment and you're playing a team with a different color Jersey. So for me, I don't know. I think Cloudon's on the verge. She's a really good player, but she's on the verge of being great. You can see the maturation process and you can see the gears turning in her head that she knows she's starting to realize the God given potential that she has. And in two years, it's going to be downright scary to see what she's capable of, because she's really, really good right now. And she single-handedly beat Notre Dame. If it wasn't for her, Michigan State doesn't come within 15 points. I mean, she had 28 points, which for a women's game is insane. She had four consecutive three-pointers on four consecutive offensive attempts in the first quarter. So for me, I got to see Collie play today. I can't give you a definitive answer because she hasn't played since Fair State, which was an exhibition game. She hasn't played in a regular season game all season. And I don't know where her head's at. I don't know what rhythm because, like I said, this rotation is so fluid and there's not really been a lot of stagger. So her going in just adds another variable, another wrench into the plans.
4: Yeah, and then uh, Hartford game today, you're going to go call it that game. Uh, what are the keys to getting the win against Hartford on the uh, at the Breslin Center today?
2: Do better than what you did against Oakland. Hartford's terrible. And I, I'm not trying to mince words, but... I don't know how else you describe a team that's averaging 49 points a game to shooting 30% from the floor. They lost everyone. They they went 23 and 11 last year and went to the WNIT, which is pretty impressive. They were 14 and 2 in the American East. You lose your head coach to Eastern Carolina and you lose your top five scorers. And it's not, this isn't Michigan State where you can lose people and you have more Joiners and Eliza Winston's and Tyler Parks coming in. You're not getting really anybody coming down the down the gauntlet. Those mid-American, or those mid-major teams, you have to develop your talent. It's hard to do in one or two years. So this is a really, really, really bad heart for a team. So you have to go out there, and frankly, you got to beat them by 30 or 40. You can't be shooting 40%. You can't be missing freebie layups because you out-athlete them at every spot. This is a team in transition, and this is a transitionary year for them. And frankly, Michigan State didn't play great against them. Last year on the road, they... 174 to 66 in Hartford, Connecticut. But this is a completely different team. This is not a 23 win WNIT team. This is an 0 and 5 team who, like I said, is not averaging 50 points from the floor and it's shooting 31% from the field. That's not good. That's not good. You have to find a way to be better. You have to. And this has to be the game where you get all the kinks out and you have to play a complete game. Because after this, you really don't come back to the Breslin until December 15th against Moorhead State. You're going to go to, you have to go down to the Bahamas to play LSU. You have Florida State at Florida State. You come home for one game, and then you go back down to Florida again to play Syracuse and West Virginia, and those are all ranked teams. So the friendly confines of the Breslin really aren't going to be of much benefit to you, so you really need to get your, the last crooks out of your system, so to speak. 2 o'clock
3: tip today, 15th-ranked Spartans and the 0-5 Hartford Hawks. Nathan Stearns, thank you for your time. Enjoy yourself today. you got some work to do. We'll let you get out of here. All right, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You got it. All right. Quick break here. On the other side of this break, we have Michigan State men's basketball, Michigan State hockey. Let's do that hockey, as you like to say, Julian. Let's do that uh, hockey. If you want to join the show, 517-432-3893 is the number, 517-884-8989 to text us or tweet us at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GW Report. We will be right back, folks. This is the Green and White Report. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Another beautiful Sunday. Ryan Durbinowitz, Julian Mitchell, Ryan Collins behind the glass. Michigan State hockey time, folks. Kyle Hattie joins us. Kyle, welcome on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How's your Sunday so far? Right now, it's, it's pretty relaxed. I like it. How's yours? Not bad. You know, just hanging in there. A little congested, but we're living. A couple bad, technical difficulties today, but we're fighting. We're fighting. All right. I am very pumped up to talk about Michigan State hockey. Yes. Because they have been playing some damn good hockey. Uh huge weekend. They get the one-one tie on Friday. Pick up a win on Home Ice. 3-2 over number three ranked Notre Dame yesterday. By the way, I this whole the whole tying and shootout thing in college hockey. Is so bad. I don't understand. Like I don't like it. You you don't
4: get it. <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> I was uh I followed I followed Hattie's Twitter, um and so I was going through the scores and looking at it and I think you had put that at first I think you had put it was a loss because they lost in the shootout.
5: Yeah. Like, and so, so that gives
4: Notre Dame the what half a point or the point. The, in... I,
5: actually, it like if if it goes into extra like uh, pass regulation, you just get a tie. It does not matter. After that, you're just playing for pride. Okay. That's it. So each team got one point. Went the went in the. Tie column, and then Notre Dame just gets the extra point. Just gets the extra point because that's
4: where I was lost. Because I was like, I had thought, you know, you go to shootouts, you lose in the shootout. That that's who wins. It's over. And then they're like, no, it's a tie. I'm like, that makes no sense.
3: Yeah, well, it's it's yeah. Like in the NHL, when you, you go to overtime, yeah, correct. Yep. And if you win in overtime, obviously you win the game and you get the extra point. If you win in a shootout, you get the same extra point but they call it like a you know if you're 2-2 at the end of the at the end of regulation the end of overtime it's a 3-2 win technically and you get the extra point but it's it's just bizarre it's like you tie the game but it, like it's over but it's not over, over. cuz you're playing for like an extra point But like I guarantee you too, if Michigan State would have won the tie, we'd be talking about it, you know. But they that since they lost it, you know, just just a tie, just Just a a tie. tie. But (laughs) either way, number three ranked Notre Dame. Notre Dame's been one of the best teams in college hockey for the last handful of years, and Um, still is. Exactly, and still is despite uh, this past weekend. Uh, Your your thoughts and takeaways from that series this weekend
5: with Notre Dame. Uh, Michigan State proved to everyone in the nation that they can go toe to toe with everyone. They have the I think it's third or fifth hardest schedule in college hockey. Uh, just, just so far this season, they've played, I believe, twelve games, and only two of them have come against a non-ranked opponent, and that was Michigan. Yeah, and
3: if those are if those yeah. are being your your easy games, your cupcake games against Michigan, I mean, that's something to be said. And you're right; you're looking at the schedule here. Like, if you look at the USCHO rankings right now, uh, Cornell's ranked right number two in the nation. That's those are two of your. Of your uh, well, the one loss on, on Friday night, the two three loss against Cornell was a tight one. But you know, those are two of your losses on the season. You got Penn State who's ranked number eighth right now. And I was telling Julian before the show, your next opponents you see Ohio State, Wisconsin, you're gonna get Minnesota, Pence, these are all teams that are ranked in the top twenty. And that's just to me, it's just not fair. But that just goes to show how good the Big Ten is. So, you know, as you said be making a statement to the nation. Uh, You you see Michigan State play two unbelievable games against Michigan a weekend before and then two unreal games again against Notre Dame. Do you think Michigan State is is creeping into that conversation of maybe being a mid-tier to top-tier team in this Big Ten?
5: Absolutely. I think that they will, when the Pullman poll comes out tomorrow, I think they will absolutely have receiving votes if they aren't ranked top 20 for the first time in a very long time. Even a team like Arizona State, who's not ranked
3: right now, is still receiving votes and Michigan State sees Arizona State coming up. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, too, is these past two weekends, John Lethman has been absolutely unbelievable. And, and Collins and I always joke about, you know, you have DeRitter and Lethman, and if you have two goalies, you really have one. And it seemed like Danton Cole has now put his full faith in John Lethman going forward. Uh, do you think that it's his net to lose now for the rest of these games?
5: Absolutely. Until he hits a slump, he will not be take, taken out of that net, especially with the schedule coming up. I could see DeRitter playing against a team like Arizona State if, if maybe they fall off sure. a little bit or Michigan Tech in the GLI but you can't i don't i don't expect him to like just throw the river out there against like Ohio State or like like Minnesota
3: now, the the one thing too that we've has been a you know recurring story here is that that top line for Michigan State and Lewandowski was off the top line for a bit. They throw him back on. Josh Nodler's a guy that stepped up a lot too. Sam Saliba three goals on the weekend. Where are you starting to see extra depth come for the for the Spartans at this point with their team?
5: Well, Dantons Cole's he's, he's played with the lines a lot so far this year, and I think he's starting to find the combination he wants. Like like last night we saw Lambden, Nodler, and Saliba, and that line was amazing. Saliba had two. And actually, what's more impressive, like the most, the biggest takeaway from this weekend I saw, was that you took four points from the number three team in the country, and Kodoranko didn't touch the stat sheet. That's really good. That means that your depth pieces are coming through when that you need them to. It's obviously, obviously very promising.
3: And you, you know, after this last season, you lose some good pieces. You know, Osborne's a, a strong guy that you had on D last season. Brendan Sanford, another guy as well, um, that added some depth up front. Uh, but but now you're starting to to really look at this team and go, you're, you're, there's these extra guys, you know, Sasana, Tommy Miller, uh, the Krieger Twins. These are guys that have all been getting experience and are still young guys as well. Uh, so you have to imagine the future is pretty promising with this team that you have right now. Uh, but it, it's just what's, what's amazing to me is we don't really talk about Michigan State hockey as being someone who, you know, could compete with these teams a handful of years ago or even in the last couple of years. So are are things kind of coming on the upswing here? Are they, are these fluky wins to you, or do you genuinely think that this team can compete with these with these
5: upper echelon teams now? No, I genuinely believe that Danton Cole is building. a he's building and he's building a powerhouse program. He has gone against two, no, the number two, three, six, eleven, and eighteenth team in the country so far this season, and Michigan State's gone toe to toe with them without, despite being individually not as talented, and like. What am I trying to say? Never mind. Okay, Scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's 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 definitely something that's very
3: promising. Is you know you each year you kind of try to build off of your last season, and it's as a team, as I said, who we you know we look at these games like Notre Dame, and you're like, well, you expect the team to lose both. Or, you know, a, a split would be nice. Now it's like, you know, you take care of Michigan pretty handily last weekend and you do the same thing to Notre Dame. Or at least, you know, you're, you're in these games and you're, you're showing that you actually have some you know, something to offer here. What do you think, as someone who's covered a lot of these games so far, what's the biggest strong suit for Michigan State as a team as a whole that's giving these
5: other team problems? They are really, really good at not letting other teams get like good scoring chances, and that's part of why Lethman's numbers are so good, because all the shots he faces come from the outskirts of the offensive zone. He's not getting many that come, like, 20 feet in front of his face. We'll no one in front of him. And, and limiting odd man rushes is obviously something that's huge on the defensive side. And you really do have a defensive
3: core. I mean, led by Jared Rosberg. That you know, Butcher Kafar is a guy that's on your third pairing too. That's had a couple of years here in the program. Not a ton of playing time in the last couple of years, but has now obviously stepped up in a big role. Uh, Tommy Miller is a guy too first liner a couple years ago and now he's on your third pair so it helps to have a guy that's had that experience of playing against the top lines of other teams to now be on your your third pair uh obviously as we roll through the rest of the season I don't expect to see Michigan State sweeping your Minnesotas your Wisconsin's your Penn State's uh as far as any shortcomings go what do you think is the biggest piece of this team that still needs to improve for them to maybe be a bit more consistent against these tougher teams down the stretch
5: well, I think penalties right now are, are an issue. Even though the penalty killing unit has been pretty well, I know coming into this, uh, coming into this series against Notre Dame, they'd killed 13 of the last 14 and eight straight against Michigan. So that that's good. And as well as you, you, they let, they're letting up way too many shots on net. I know they're coming from bad parts of the zone, but you can't allow 37 shots on net per game, especially with teams how like how good teams are, like with Penn State and Notre Dame. Now, b- believe it or not, I'm going to read this off to you. And I, if you would have told me this,
3: was Michigan State was going to be at this point, at this point in the season, uh, when the season started, being 4-1-1 in conference play. In a, in a Big Ten conference that I always say is the toughest conference in hockey and has been for the last couple of years. Now, it looks great to me on paper right now. I don't expect them to be at the same spot. When the season's over, uh, or, or am I wrong? Do you think that this team could surprise a lot of people? Maybe finish in the top as a team that's consistently finished at dead last in the Big Ten. Where do you see this team finishing come the end of the season?
5: They're re- they're resilient, and I, I they're going to go. They're going to be a tough team every night to put down Homer away. And I honestly think they could finish this. They're they're going to finish somewhere. They could finish second, but they could also finish fourth. I think there are some. They, they're they gonna they're gonna be the home team in the playoff series come pick 10 tournament now i'm looking at the
3: gli which is obviously a month away now michigan Tech's that first game and they'll play depending on if they win or lose they see either michigan or Fair state i can't tell you the last time i remember michigan state winning the gli i could probably look it up right now but whatever it's you know it's it's sunday l- l- relaxing i don't know if Julian's going to find that out when the last time they won the gli but it's been a while i know it has been a while uh, I know it's obviously very far in advance, but these are three teams I'm looking at that Michigan State could probably beat all three of them. I, and I know it just something—you know—it'd be nice to have a trophy come off of this team for the first time in a long time. Uh, do you do you think that the chances for Michigan State to win that GLI now are pretty realistic?
5: They are because Michigan has only won one game in their last eight. Fair State—they were prominent a few years ago; they're not really anymore. Right. I mean, Michigan Tech, they're decent, but they're not as good as Michigan State. So right now, if I had to pick, I would take the Spartans.
4: Last time Michigan State won the GLI was in 2009.
5: That's a long time ago. It is. Almost a decade. I was going to
3: say. Someone, considered, to that. someone <laughs> considered a decade. Uh, okay, so Michigan State now, their next opponent, they will travel to Columbus and take on Ohio State. Uh, again, as we talk about all these tough teams, Ohio State, as we sit right now, ranked number 11th in the country, uh, what do you think are the keys to winning? Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, now I don't even want to say the keys to splitting. What are the keys to taking those games in Columbus?
5: Uh, score first, because this team is so much better when, they're, when they score first and they're playing with a lead and instead of coming from behind, which they actually have done pretty well against Michigan and Notre Dame. And... Just, just played your defensive game. You like you, you went, you had, you had to play a no mistake game against Notre Dame because they play so structured and so resilient. Mm-hmm. And now you're gonna, you're gonna go back to what you saw against Penn State, where Penn State puts fifty shots a net, like fifty shots a game on your net. Right. Well, Kyle Hattie, I know you have a lot to do today. I appreciate you coming in. We'll let you get to work
3: now, but thank you for all things Michigan State hockey. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. All right, I love it, Julian. It
4: was wonderful. Life's always better at Michigan
3: State. Hockey is is playing well. Uh, back.
4: Did you hear him? Powerhouse. Yeah, powerhouse. I love program. it.
3: Four one 0 one conference play. Can't beat it. Okay, we'll move on to Michigan State basketball now. Uh, Michigan State. It feels like they played like years ago.
4: Yeah, it feels like it's been a while.
3: And a, a, a Charleston, a, lot has a Charleston Southern game that I, you know, you kind of take a little nap there, the middle of the, the first half. You know, whatever. You kind of knew what you were going to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came back home to the Breslin Center. What what day was this game on? Uh, Monday on Monday, Monday. That's what do. it's been a while man to get a week off between games see Virginia Tech tomorrow uh, either way we'll talk about that game for a second we talked we roll into the Maui Invitational here 94 to 46 win over Charleston Southern Xavier Tillman with 21 10 four and that game how are you his his kind of coming out game for you of sorts if you uh, if, if you will uh what you saw in that game from Michigan State that you I mean you had to love in a in a in a pretty big route of Charleston Southern.
4: Yeah, well I think Xavier Tillman's the, the first big point uh for you when you look at this game here. He's he's been struggling and there's been no if ands, or buts or doubts about it. Xavier Tillman has struggled so far to start this season and you look at the game against Seton Hall and you say partially it's due to the, the length um, that the Pirates brought to him, but he just looked lost. Lack of post moves, lack of ability. Um, and so for me, he was the guy who you needed to get going. He needed a good game. He needed to find the buck. He needed to find some rhythm. And uh, this was a big game for him, and I think it'll lead to better showings down the line. That's The question for me with Xavier Tillman is, can he score without the use of a Cassius Winston pick and roll? There has to be some way when Winston is either off the floor or off ball that Xavier Tillman has the ability to score in the post, on the run, in some way, shape, or form, and that to me is one of the biggest question marks that kind of uh, will guide this Michigan State team. Outside of him, a guy who I was really proud of, who I thought played very well and will be big down the line, is Gabe Brown. Gabe Brown has got to hit shots for this team to be, be better, to be great. Him and Aaron Henry to me, are the two barometers for where this team is going to head. They're going to need somebody else to pick up the 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 slack that Joshua Langford isn't there, the hole that they have to fill. Not only will Tillman have to be a big piece, but Gabe Brown and Aaron Henry have to supplement Winston and him and be extra, extra pieces of the offense. Now,
3: something that I was kind of scratching my head about, obviously there was never a doubt that Michigan State was going to win this game and win this game big. Um, I look at guys like Marcus Bingham, 12 minutes, Malik Hall, 12 minutes, especially coming off of a performance as great as it was against Seton Hall. Um, Malik Hall, only four rebounds. Uh, three assists and six points in that game in his, in his 12 minutes. Are you surprised at all, maybe the lack of minutes that some of these guys were seeing? I mean, I, I look at Xavier Tillman, who, you know, 27 minutes in the game, where he probably didn't need to be in there that long. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen some different guys get minutes. Are you surprised by that
4: at all, or d- don't care, I'm crazy, I'm a lunatic? Uh, I'm not necessarily surprised about it. Uh, Definitely is something to, to look at and be interested in. I personally, you look at Xavier Tillman and his 27 minutes, for me, you had to get him going. He needed fair, yeah, to, and you look enough. at Charleston Southern. It isn't like he has to go out there and and run at his top speed for an entire you know for that right. entire twenty seven minutes. He's kind of playing casually, and that's one thing Izzo said in his press conference: is that they were kind of jogging and they had a lack of energy. And I think this is a game where you say, "All right, X, you you got to get back into it. Got to find a bucket. Got to find some energy. And this is a game you kind of let him play through, let him work out the kinks, and let him run with it. As far as uh, Malik Hall and Marcus Bingham. I think the the thing that you're going to look at this team and you're going to see kind of what will propel them to whatever march run they are looking to go on is that four spot. And I think right now Tom Izzo is trying to figure that out. Hall has had great has had a great performance. He was great against Seton Hall. Marcus Bingham has also had a great performance. and so now you're kind of you know trying to decide which one is going to be better when they've both had equally good performance and also performances that weren't so great. Uh, Marcus Bingham has had moments where he hasn't looked like the guy. So has Malik Hall. He's had moments where he's looked like a freshman. So you're kind of throwing it up in the air and deciding who's going to be at that spot. So I I kind of understand the split minutes between the two. I know you've always
3: said, too, as far as that four position goes, that for the foreseeable future, you see that being Thomas Kithier's spot. If you're you're Coach Izzo and and you're putting together this lineup – uh, do you think that Thomas Kithier is the best fit for this for this starting lineup, or would you rather see a Malik Hall or Marcus Bingham maybe take away some of Kithier's minutes?
4: I think for me as of right now, I look at Thomas Kithier to fill that role. I think what you what you need as of right now is someone who's knows how to play with Xavier Tillman and knows how to play in the system that you want to run and right now, that guy is Thomas Kithier down the line if Malik Hall he puts it up to together enough performances to show that he can consistently play at a level or at least half of a level that Kenny Goins was at a season ago, then I think he would then be your best guy. Just because of what he brings to the offense, Thomas Kithier doesn't bring. That ability to pick and pop, that ability to be a three-point threat. I think that's somebody you'd like to have in your starting lineup. My biggest thing, and, and kind of said it on our Impact, his own podcast, is at some point you're going to need to have players on the bench that are ready to go, mm-hmm. ready to go and ready to roll and be productive. And I think one of the more interesting things Izzo can do is keep Keith here in the starting lineup. You roll a heavy pick-and-roll offense between Winston and Xavier Tillman for most of a game, and then you say coming off the bench is Malik Hall for pick-and-pop threes and spreading the offense out or spreading the defense out. And I think that's a very unique kind of counter to whatever other teams can bring you knowing you have somebody who is a Kenny Goings type coming off the bench.
3: So tomorrow now at 5 o'clock, Michigan State and Virginia Tech score off the next game of that Maui Invitational uh, do you, a game that obviously I think many people are expecting Michigan State to win with no problem. Uh, what do you see from that Virginia Tech team or maybe just how they match up in general for Michigan State tomorrow?
4: Well, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I definitely predict Michigan State to go out and win this one. Um, I don't think Virginia Tech is a good team. Uh, the thing is they're still kind of kind of building things in a way over there. First year with a new head coach, uh, Mikey Young, over there. They have some great players. One guy is Landers Nolly, redshirted his first season, redshirt freshman. Uh, he He's absolutely fantastic. He's averaging 20 points a game, shooting it about 50% from the field, 45% from three-point range, someone's going to have to lock him up. And I think you look at a guy like Rocket Watts to be on him, to play him out there. Um, He's got to be big. Rebounding is going to be key. This is a Michigan State team. they got to be able to clean the glass. They're going to have to push in transition. And if you look at at where Virginia Tech kind of sits, they sit on 40 rebounds a game, 33 to their opponents. Rebounding is going to be a clear win for Michigan State in this game. Now, just as, just as I'm
3: looking at this, at the Michigan State having their little number three next to their ranking there. And a lot of – I know that you see on Twitter all the time that people talk about that disrespect that Michigan State gets. Uh, being the third-ranked team in the nation, especially after playing a great game against Seton Hall – uh, do you think that Michigan State's sitting in a spot? Right, not that these rankings matter, and I hate to be one of those guys that now three weeks in, I'm getting, I'm getting angry over where Michigan State's ranked. Do you think they deserve that third spot? I mean, they sit behind a Duke and Louisville team right now. Who, you know, I, as far as you look at how schedules go, of course, you know, Duke had a, a, a tough game to start the season. Do you do you think Michigan State's
4: in the right spot there? Uh, I would, I would have them at the two spot. Um, I personally, out of what they played. They've had a tougher schedule and tougher teams to play than Louisville. And I I think that's just what it is. One thing, Louisville is unbeaten. And you will say Michigan State has had a tougher schedule. You could argue, you know, whatever you want to say about Kentucky and whatever happened with Evansville and the games they've played so far. Should have been a win. Like, Michigan State lost that game. That's a reason they're down in the rankings. It is what it is. Uh, but for me, strength is schedule-wise, Michigan State would be the two. I personally, I don't think Duke's that good. Uh, but they have, I mean, they're unbeaten as well. And they won their game against Georgetown, and they've kept it rolling. So they take the number one spot. I'd probably have Michigan State at the two, though, for me.
3: Obviously, a lot of controversy with the Joey Hauser situation. We now finally, after it seems like eons of waiting, yeah. uh, his a- appeal was denied. Joey Hauser will not be playing for Michigan State this year. Just to, just I- I- in general, and I think it's a good segue into just a, a bigger topic here. of Obviously, James Wiseman, another situation over at Memphis. Uh, yeah. We're looking at a guy who, you know, you, you, you're, you get on him because he's, you know, he, he's what, he's got to pay eleven, what eleven thousand yeah, five hundred dollars to charity, bro. I don't even, I don't even know if I have fifty dollars in my bank account. I don't know where they want this kid to get money from. Do you think there is a there is a systematic flaw in the NCAA and how they handle these situations? Because I don't, again, I, I waiver, no waiver. Who gets to play? I don't even understand the criteria for why some guys can and can't play. Do you think there's a bigger discussion to be had here about how the NCAA operates?
4: Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous, and for for me. The thing is, and people talk about, oh, you know, there's not money, this isn't a business, this is amateurism, this is, is what it is. Well, if you're all about these kids going and playing for whatever schools they want to play for and putting on these jerseys and you do it for the pride of the school, they want to transfer. Why are you barring these kids' transfers from playing the sports that they love? Joey Hauser just wants to play basketball, and now he can't because some governing body told him he can't. He doesn't meet the requirements. He doesn't fill whatever quota they need him to fill. He doesn't check the boxes. It's ridiculous to me that these kids are at, or not these, I shouldn't say these kids, because they are same age as I am. Some of them <laughs> a little bit younger, but they sit there and they want to go and they just want to play basketball. And they he wants to play basketball in Michigan State. He left Marquette to play it here. And the fact that he doesn't get the chance to, to play with this team and to suit up and do what he wants to do is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that it is a, a case-by-case kind of basis and other players get the terms to transfer and some don't. And that it took so long for him to even find out that he just wasn't going to play. It, to me, it's just ridiculous.
3: I you know, And that's one of the things that Izzo talked about too is it just being arbitrary decisions. And again, I don't... You know, you look at a guy like the, on the, on the bigger scale. Justin Fields comes over to Ohio State and he can plays right away. Yeah, and, and, and obviously on the football field, not the basketball court. Uh, but it, it it does seem strange. And I think the more you know, we talk about paying, you know, paying college players and whatnot. And again, you talk about amateurism. You're making a guy in James Wiseman pay almost twelve grand to to charity. How how where do you want him to get this money from?
4: But the thing, the whole thing of that is, he took cause what is he took money? Penny gave him. Penny Hardaway gave him some money. To go to Memphis or to move to there try to, move. to yeah, try to move, yeah, So the whole thing is that he didn't have that money to begin with, and now you're like, hey, we know you had to take money from somebody else just to move. You got eleven thousand on you.
0: Yeah. The funny just... thing about it too, it's like the high school maybe should get in trouble for Penny trying to get him to Memphis East. Not the college should face punishment for him moving him down. He was like a donor at the high school, not at the college at that time. It didn't make any right. sense. Yeah. It's
3: it's it's all it's all just bizarre and. You know the the NCAA. You hear all these different things. I it's going to be disbanded or whatever. I don't buy into that, but it is just it's just it's so arbitrary. I don't I don't understand it. Like the whole thing about the uh, the the one football player. I can't think of the school that he wanted to transfer and play because he wanted to be closer to his mom because she had cancer or whatever. And the NCAA is like, yeah, it's not it's severe enough. Right? Yeah. It just it's it's all such a mess and it 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 makes little to no sense. But I I, I think. You know, when you look at Michigan State basketball, including Joey Hauser here, I almost feel like, you know, the plan wasn't to have him as far as this season's concerned. I think you had to operate under the assumption that you weren't going to have him. So, you know, obviously now you look at next year and you're, you you got to be excited for that, but I let's play a game of, of ifs. You know, if you have Joey Hauser available for this team, how different does this team look uh, in the grand scheme of how their season would go?
4: Well, I mean i
3: probably is it, say you is know, it
4: that much better of a season am i like is it really i don't know if it's exponentially better but i mean if you're gonna tell me you're gonna start uh joey hauser at the four over thomas kithier and then you have a bench that's thomas kithier malik hall marcus bingham and whatever they bring you it's a pretty darn good team not too shabby. it's a pretty darn good team i don't know if you're you're because auto- i mean the the expectation is already national championship for this team joey hauser um playing or not playing right. that's already the expectation so I don't know if it's gonna blow things out of the water but again if you're gonna tell me you have a starting lineup with Joey Hauser in there versus a Tom versus Thomas Kithier taking Joey Hauser all day yeah well Michigan
3: State Virginia Tech tomorrow at 5 p.m. as we said the Maui Invitational carries on Uh, more things, of course, all year long with Michigan State basketball. Check out the Impact is Zone podcast. Check it out. Check it out. Every week they got new content. You guys will love it. Uh, We're going to go to a quick break here. Uh, if you want to join the show, 517-432-3893 is the number 517-889. Or, I'm sorry, five eight one seven eight eight four eight nine eight nine. 884 8989 Too many eights in that phone number, by the way. It's a lot of eights. Uh, to text us or tweet us at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GW Report. We have the Sparty Awards on the other side of this break. You know it's Thanksgiving when. We also have Alex McCray on for Michigan State Football, part two. Do not go anywhere, folks. You are listening to the Green and White Report brought to you by Impact 89 FM, WDBM East Lance. Welcome back to the Green and White Reports. Down in Africa. Yeah, it's. I'll tell you, never gets old, that song. So good. It really doesn't get so old. So good. Uh, we got an hour left here in the show. The second half here, we got a lot to do. We have the Sparty Awards coming up in a second. Michigan State Football Part 2. We'll talk some college football playoff, if you don't mind. And, of course, we have the picks to end the show. in our In our pre-Thanksgiving show, our last show before Turkey Day. Time's flying, man. I it mean, really is. And I, I'll tell you, Thanksgiving, I don't want to say it gets a bad rap, but it definitely gets overlooked in the grand scheme of things. And I think as I've gotten older, I've started to appreciate Thanksgiving more for what it is of, you know, you're getting some time with the family, you know, a, a big meal, get to watch some football. But it's just like the stepping stone, like just get me to Christmas, man. Get me get me to November. What, what day will it be? I always want to say 26th. 26 Because I said I don't know what day Thanksgiving on every year. Get me to the day after Thanksgiving. Is that Black Friday? That's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Get me to that day. Get one hundred point three WNIC
4: cranked all the way up, all the way up to ten, and I'm 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 flying to Christmas. I'm cruising. See, I hate the people that are automatic, like already on that Christmas mood, though. Like, I get it. Christmas is around the corner, but you gotta look at Thanksgiving with some some hope, some promise. This is the pregame to Christmas. You can't go into a pregame like ah, I'm just waiting for the. the..." You gotta go into a pregame with the right energy.
0: You're right. The, right. the funny thing about you, Rabinowitz, I don't know how you don't know that's Black Friday after Thanksgiving. I don't know how you don't know it's a third he,
1: Thursday he, in November. Wilding. Well, because I that's always – Like
3: I
0: said, I always – I don't
3: know why I always attributed Thanksgiving to, like, being the 24th the of Thanksgiving. Or, like, the 25th of Thanksgiving. It just so happened I, one I year. Always, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I always thought Black Friday was, like, always November 26th. I don't know why. What? I always thought Thanksgiving – I did. That is the
0: I always, wildest thing. I didn't. I didn't even, like – I always thought that – Black Friday was November twenty sixth. So when people this year are like, Oh, Thanksgiving's late this year, you're like, Oh, it's a late November <laughs> twenty <25th." a> late... <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 sounds, it sounds stupid now that I'm like
3: thinking about it, but that's just what I that was my I don't know. <laughs> it's a late I don't November know. November, I mean, 25th. Chris, because Christmas is always December twenty fifth. So I assumed that Thanksgiving was always the like thing? the twenty fifth of November, and then think and then Black Friday was always the twenty
0: sixth. <laughs> That's awesome.
3: I don't even like. So it, I, I don't know. I just I don't know why I thought that November was always the month where like the wow. It's like wow. It's November. It could be November twenty ten or November twenty thirty five. It's always the twenty fifth on the Thursday in November. I don't know. I know that things like move. Like, well, that. it's not going to be this. Game. <laughs> I know, I know, because today's the twenty fourth. I know. 24th. I I get it. I get it, guys. Don't worry. I'm on the same page now. <laughs>
0: <It's>, uh... <laughs> no, but you're like, oh, Black Friday is that after Thanksgiving? <laughs> I don't know. I it's I a don't... De facto holiday. I don't celebrate. I, whatever. Oh, dude, Black Friday stinks. Well, it's I, horrible.
3: Now I need to. Is a, is a is a is a. I'm balling on a budget here, and this Ooh. is going to be a year for me where I'm gonna, like, you know what? I'm gonna save some money. I'm gonna spend one last night at Rick's and I'm gonna <laughs> save some money. I'm gonna take that collective forty dollars that I'm saving now and we're gonna spend it elsewhere. You know, we're there gonna we go we're gonna Sprindle. walk into we're gonna walk into Marshalls, you know, I'm gonna get my dad a, a nice discounted belt. Oof. It's got oh. an upside down polo logo on that it. That is
0: that is the that store is the college kid like Christmas gift like heaven. I'm yeah. like, oh, I gotta go to TJ Maths to find my dad a tie for the tenth straight year. Yep. Exactly. It's great deals. I will
3: say you're not going to be happy with me. We just threw out the pumpkins, and the stockings are now up at, over on Charles Street in my house. Please don't come into my house. Not you. I'm just saying in See, general, like, people that it are de- listening. It
4: depends. In some situations, I'm okay with that. Like for you, you're not spending – wait, your house yes, – yes. Here? Okay, yeah, here. that's what I thought. Here. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like your house here, yeah. you're not spending Thanksgiving there. Right. So, like, it's okay because you're going to come back and then it's going to be Christmas time. Yeah. So, like, that that makes sense. That I'm okay with. Also, I don't know. for If you're not having Thanksgiving at your house, you're okay to put Christmas decorations up. Because why are you celebrating? Why are you decorating for Thanksgiving when it's not It's your also
3: house? hard to decorate for Thanksgiving. Like, you can have the overflow of, like, the pump. Like, I'll yeah. accept pumpkins from Halloween, but, like, they start to rot and it gets gross. Like, you know, I I don't, like, I guess you put out, like, turkey decorations. It's, just, it's a celebration of fall. It's what, the harvest day.
0: What is that thing that they put, like, on the banner for, like, the football? That's, like, the one Thanksgiving, like, the decoration. Can, the the Canacopica? Yeah, whatever oh, that is. I, I, I didn't, didn't want to say it. I was going to make the, use of the span, it. The Spanacopita? Cornucopia. Spanicopina. Good what? Greek dish? I'm saying it right, and everyone's just... Are you? Wait, are the... you saying it right? cornucopia What is, is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. What cool. is a cornucopia?
4: Why did you ask me that question? It's like, it's like a basket full
0: of, like, yeah, full leaves of and, like, pumpkins. I don't know what's going on. It's a goodie bag. Yeah the world's biggest goodie bag
4: also called the horn of plenty was a symbol of abundance and nourishment all right okay okay. boom i hope they
3: have a horn of plenty at tj maxx i'm gonna go pick one up today uh anyway in the spirit of thanksgiving it is sparty awards time we did the whole like we used to do the 10 and 10 i i I didn't realize we know we haven't done 10 and 10 in a while but this is our new thing now this is our new thing R.I.P. R- I- it's kind of a new 10 and 10. Yeah, R.I.P. I- P. Five, five. Last year we did the, you know, the best and worst foods. Uh, you know, we had some debate there, a great time. We got to try to be a little original here. So Sparty Awards this week, you know it's Thanksgiving one. Just, just the moments where you look back and go, oh, that's, you know, how Thanksgiving is that? You know? How, how Thanksgiving is, is it that moment? Yes. Or that food? We were struggling to find this one. <laughs> I mean, we were, admittedly. <laughs> and we can't do the intro today. Because the machine's broken, you know, just
0: things out of our hand. But we're rolling.
4: We're rolling with the punches, you know. This
0: technical difficulties has ruined my week. Ruined. It doesn't. It
3: shouldn't ruin your week. It's just you gotta look. You have to have very low expectations when you come into this studio. And I hate to be that guy. That's like (laughs) I feel like that's like I'm just. It's me against. Impact, but it's just this is just out of our hands. Like you know, I feel bad. Collins is all stressed out. Hank's rattled. I don't, rattled. I you don't tell good. Hank's pissed. <laughs> Hank's he won't tell you, but Hank's pissed, oh, and Hank's we can't not, we're, we're we can't do happy. it. We can't do anything about it. The the, the, the thing doesn't work. Stupid riv VT. We'll make it work. I don't know what to say. But anyway, do 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 Sparty Awards. uh Okay, Julian, that- kick it off. That
4: was okay. that was my intro. Right, was, kick it off. That was Okay. Oh wow. Excuse me. <laughs> Almost (laughs) killed me. I'll start it out. First thing, you know it's Thanksgiving when, for me, you wake up that Thursday morning and can smell the food downstairs. Yeah. If I can smell my mom cooking up something nice, you know, I can smell my mom likes to put a little extra glaze on the honey-baked ham, spice it up a little bit. Mm. I can smell that from my room. Mm. 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 There's nothing better.
3: Little, oh, what's that, mom? You're throwing some brown sugar on the sweet potato mash? Mm. Mm. Some marshmallows? Mm. Mm. Give me some of that. Mm. You're making greens today? Did not know. Mm. Mm. Oh, is that stuffing? Mm. 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 Oh, mom, no, put the cranberries away.
4: Mm. <laughs> Stop that.
3: I don't like, you know, I don't like the cranberries. No, I'm with you. I don't, no, I don't like ridiculous. the cranberries either. It just, just like, slides out of the can. Like, ugh. It's like, That's uh, gross. It reminds me of like snail po. You know, when SpongeBob's eating the snail po? Yeah. We talk about that all mm. the time. The, dude, cranberry sauce stinks. It's so horrible. It's bad. a very old person thing to eat, too. It's like yep. they don't have any teeth, so they're going to. Not the Jello. I know this Jell-O isn't like the cranberry. food
0: like Thanksgiving. Can we talk about how turkey is just like the most overrated food of all time? So you guys do a ham.
3: You don't do a turkey. Well, we do both. We do both. Turkey turkey some of my family members like it's turkey. It's not good. It's just dry. it's not. Turkey it's not sucks. good at all. And I've told my moms. I I don't mind turkey lunch meat, but turkey off of the turkey itself is it's it's inedible. I every year I'm like this is the year I I have the mental I had the talk in the mirror. I go Ryan, you're 21 years old now. <laughs> You're going to go sit down. If you have to drown it in the gravy, you drown it in the gravy. You're going to eat the turkey this year because you can't just eat seven crescent rolls and you can't be filling up on spinach and artichoke dip all day oh. and you can't eat half the jello mold and you can't sneak a brownie before dessert is served because you're starving because you don't like the turkey, you're going to eat the turkey. You need to mix in some protein. And every year I just it, I just I can feel it sliding down my throat Mm. right now and I don't want it and I've asked my mom politely can we just try to deep fry a turkey this year everyone says it's better it's much more moist or moister or moistly it's much better everyone agrees I can't do it it's like the the Griswolds and my Mm, my mom's a phenomenal cook she's got the Italian blood we always have too much food a lot of bread that's why my body shape is the way it is but it she, it it's not her i know it's not her it's I know just, it's it, not you not don't her. hate the player hate the game the turkey game stinks oh it's I, a, it's, it's horrible. so bad and it's horrible. It, if, if honestly you, if horrible if you do i i will say this if your family does a turkey for christmas i
0: don't think you should be allowed to have christmas dinner anymore yeah that's psycho you got to go ham no the the turkey i you eat it every year because you can you can't be the guy who said oh you're not eating turkey because you're like disrespecting the chef so right, you gotta exactly you, yeah, you're you like, have
4: to have to slide a little bit down the hatch.
0: Yeah, like they're they're spending four hours yeah. prepping this bad boy. You gotta you gotta get some down. One of, one of the things my,
3: my brother and I always agree on, and we don't really see eye to eye all the time, but every time the turkey gets put out, we both give each other like the like just suck it up, man. <laughs> get the like, game uh, face on. I'll, I'll take you to McDonald's late night. that we can grab some McChickens after this because I know you're not gonna want to eat the turkey, but I don't know, but that's good. You smell the food. You smell thanks. the food.
4: I will say you brought off something great. Spinach artichoke dip. Great, dude. Wow. My mom makes a great Top artichoke dip. Mm. You're, mm.
3: Well, you're, you're, isn't your grandma's claim to fame the mac and cheese? Yes, is it Your it grandma's is the mac, mac and cheese? cheese. I wish you uh, – it probably does – well, it probably reheats pretty well, mac and cheese, but it's – Oh, probably, it, re- it reheats well. It's probably tough to, to get a whole tub of that over here from That's from it, I'm going to see what we can do. We could. That's what, You need to invent, like, a Venmo for food. I want to get there. You know, it's like, hear me out. Okay, the technology obviously isn't here yet, but I just want – in case this happens, when I'm on my deathbed and I'm like, hey, uh, before you die, Ryan, guess what we just invented, Venmo for food. Okay, so I'm at Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yep, yep. My mom's got the dip out. I go, oh, I'm going to send Julian some dip. So I scoop some dip into the phone and then – over it just transfers to you, and it comes out of your phone, and you're now eating the same dip. Okay. Chardtaint with Ryan Ravenna. <laughs> yeah.
4: I have no I feel like we're not at that point with technology yet for things if we to just start... go into a this phone is starting... and teleport. Yeah, have you guys
0: started the smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have... got the first one. We're way <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Track. yeah, sorry. Okay, I'll I'll move into uh, my my first one. Uh, you know it's Thanksgiving when your grandparents start grilling you with questions. Uh, mm. Where's the girlfriend at? What are you doing post graduation? How's school going? Are you drinking a lot up at school? You look like you've put some weight on. What's going on up there? Are you happy? How are you feeling? Are you reading books? Are you reading? Are you going to bed at a good time? Did you take your mm. vitamin today? Are you taking flu medicine? You sound congested. You want some Vicks rubbed on your chest? A lot. A lot. That's it's always that's, a lot. That's, it's a lot. Overwhelming.
4: It is. And it I don't is. care to answer.
3: I, I, I want to come home and, and enjoy my meal, and I don't want to have to answer these questions. Is that music in the background? Africa still going?
4: I think there's an in studio. There's an in studio. <laughs>
3: oh, okay, there is. So oh, I think I they're
4: playing you. music, but no, I yeah. When you get grilled, that's when you know. If even you're if even if it's not your grandparents,
3: just any because we don't we don't really have big Thanksgivings because I got family in so many different places of the of the globe, meaning the United States. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's you know when anyone starts grilling you with questions, it's like can we just enjoy the meal? Like I don't, you know, it's just yeah. tough, and it's kind of like I I look at it like how when you're at your grad party and you kind of have your speech lined up of like yes i'm 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 doing well i'm going to school here my major is going to be this yes i'm excited but also kind of nervous like and i'm not talking to any girls no that's you know it's you got to mentally prepare for it exactly but that's a big part of thanksgiving you, you got to have the game face you going. have to have those conversations and it just makes you better per- it makes you stronger no, i'm with you
4: i i got the we got the script in the head it's already ready to
3: go okay
4: i like that my next, next one, one and we, we kind of hit on this, so I'll go to my next one following this. But a turkey has to be there. Right. It's it not going to be good. Yes. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate yourself. Agreed. But it at least needs to be on the table. Agreed. Yes. Okay. Agreed. But yeah, a we'll go from one. that one yes. to another one that has to be there pumpkin pie. Come on, man. Let's do it. I, this is the only time for me where I'm Give eating pumpkin me. pie, so to I need me. it
0: there Give every it to Thanksgiving. Me. Give it to me. Pie stinks. It's oh. so bad. It's oh. so bad.
4: Oh wait, pumpkin pie or just pie no, in I'm general? No, I'm not a pie
0: guy. Not You're not a pie, a pie guy. guy. Have you ever I, eaten pumpkin pie? What does that
4: mean? I have.
0: I I, I like. I'm not a tr- like the crust. No thanks. No thanks. Baked in a buttery, flaky crust. Do you
4: I, not like happiness?
0: I, I will. I will preface this. I'm a very picky eater. Like I like this is a hot take. I understand that, but I'm not a dessert guy. I like. There's something about it where I need my dessert cold, <laughs> not warm. Cold. Like, like it's have, weird. What, like what the pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is not served hot. It would melt. It would is be it? mush. Yeah. Pumpkin pie is usually cold. Oh no, oh, okay. We're on a different page. I thought you were talking about apple pie. Yeah. No. Not, I don't I like that. No, pie. no. Is pumpkin pie the one that looks like? Uh, I, yeah, wait, I, don't what? like
3: I don't like the apples in my mouth. I have, a, I have a weird texture thing. I don't like it. It's like mush. It, apple it, pie is, is pumpkin,
0: delicious. Wait, is pumpkin pie the one that's like a like an orange cheesecake looking thing? Yeah, It's, yeah. The, one that, yeah. it's the one that's pumpkin pie. Is okay, sorry. Sorry. Really I, I, like, what I, kind I, of question sorry. is that?
3: No, just a whole pumpkin they put in the middle of a no, I, pie crust.
0: You know what I'm saying, though. There's like those pies where yeah, I don't no, I'm I know. Not, I'm going to get off the mic. I, no, it's a I, bad taste.
3: And pumpkin pie is a very controversial dessert item because yeah. you either love it or you hate it. But I don't like it's just so good. It's so, so good. good. So I, good. A little whipped cream, a little cool whip on there. Mm. You have to have it. Mm. Maybe you can do it a little a la mode. I'm not. We do need to have some kind of. We need to start doing some better content things, video-wise. Like we need to start eating some food, for for content. We really we should have hit about like it last a, week with the candies. We need to do that. I want to sample different pies. I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't like. I don't ever eat pie unless it's pumpkin pie. Like I, if there's pie available, I might tease at it. But I've never been like, oh, I want to go get a slice of pie. I I went to Grand Travers Pie Co. last year to get a slice of pumpkin pie because I wanted a pumpkin pie. But I've never been a guy to go out of my way to get pie. Like, I'd rather have a cake. But, I mean, I I don't have a lot of pie. I want to try like a sweet potato pie. I want to mm, try a rhubarb a pie. I want to try a
4: key lime pie. Do they put beets in pies? What's a rhubarb? A pie? Do we talk about rhubarb? I don't know what a rhubarb is. Hang on. But we're off track again. But I do, like, we, we will, we will do that. Collins, write that down. Rhubarb. Because I've never been to Grand Travers Pie Company. I've never had one of their pies. So... I feel like we'll get a two for one, and that you need to try more pies, and then I need to try a Grand Travers Pie Company pie. I've spelled... never been
0: to Grand Travers Pie Company either, though. It's cute. I've
4: I
3: spelled you don't rhubarb. like pies. So I that's spelled okay.
4: rhubarb really yeah. wrong, by the way.
3: You know how do you how do you think you spell rhubarb? What is rhubarb? R U B A R B. What is rhubarb? No, it's not rhubarb. It's a rhubarb is a cultivated plant in the genus Rheum in the family. I can't do it. I don't oh, know. Is
5: it
4: rhubarb, R-H-U- oh, I see it. R-H-U. I spelled
3: I spelled rhubarb, R-E-W-B-A-R-B, and it is R-H-U-B-A-R-B. Okay. Rhubarb. Rhubarb.
1: <laughs> you put, I, you, rew, you put the E-W in there?
3: Yeah, whatever. What are the nutrition facts? Not, not pretty locale. Anyway. All right, your next party What are we awards. talking about? Next party awards. Uh, back in the turkey. You bite into the turkey, and remember, you hate turkey. You know it's Thanksgiving when you take a bite of turkey, and you're like, oh, yeah. I forgot how much I hate turkey. I like that one. That's all I got for that. Uh, one, I like that. One. about a million times. But. I got my
4: next, my next one, and it may be something I do. It's probably very unhealthy, but for the entirety of that Thursday, I starve myself into dinner.
3: I can't do it. I get, I'm, I can't wait that long. I, have I'm to. always eating like, like it'll be like the the 11:30 game will come on for the Lions or whenever they play at, whenever they kick off on Thanksgiving, and I've got Doritos in my hand. Like I just can't, I. You know, no. and we don't have any. There's never any other food available during the day. Yep. I'm like, Mom, can I get a sandwich? He's like, We don't have bread. I'm like, We don't have bread. bread He's like, yeah. I haven't gone shopping because we're. <laughs> I'm making the stuffing and the turkey, and then I get the. You know, you could help out. I'm like, I don't like. I, I'm sorry, I'll go back and watch the
5: watch the game. But there's <laughs> no food, down.
3: so I got to scavenge through the pantry of like, oh, there's some, there's some wheat things back
0: here that. Getting a little stale, but I there, need to eat. There's something. no Tostito scoops, just like being thrown out little dip action. Yeah, before and game. I will say that I'm you, a huge appetizer guy, and yeah, I just absolutely ruin my meal. As
3: you learn, as you learn and grow, and you kind of like set up like how you want your Thanksgiving to be when you're older. You gotta have snacks throughout the day. My mom kind of falls short. My mom because she puts out so much food at one time. The appetizers come out like six minutes before the rest of the food I was comes like, out. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta have some little. You know, little little bowls of maybe some pub mix spread out around the living room. So, you know, you can grab a handful, shake it in your hand like so, drop it in the mouth, whatever, and you move on. But I can't do the starve. I Mm. can't do it. I will Fast the entirety of that now, day can I, so i
4: can have like eight plates
3: okay so it does because i've noticed too like it, it doesn't matter how long i don't eat for i
4: just i can't you know you eat so fast it's like it fills your stomach up i can't i can't do it but you're that's I, okay. yeah i get i get eat so much if I, I go the whole day without eating i i will eat a house interesting
3: i don't i don't hate that so that's a good that's a good tip too by the way for you kids out there
4: kids out there starve yourselves
3: uh next one you know it's thanksgiving when uh the lions lose that's uh, it's pretty much how you know it's Thanksgiving, <laughs> and you're watching Chase Daniel throw for 600 yards and uh, seven touchdowns on you last Thanksgiving. It's okay, it's I'm not over fun. it. Uh, but that's it. You know, you know, you, if you, if you don't get enough, if you don't get the hint that it's Thanksgiving from the food and the fall colors and whatnot, you turn on the TV and see the Lions are losing by 17 and a half. You go, oh, so must it, must <laughs> it must be Thanksgiving. Day. Must be Thanksgiving Day. So wow. there you go.
4: My last one very specific to me and my family, but we usually travel to to both of my uh my mom's my mom and dad's, our grandparents' homes. Um, so my mom's side, my dad's side. We go to my mom's, my mom's side first, and so she makes some food. She makes a lot of it. Says she yeah. isn't gonna make a lot of it every single year, but she does it anyway. And so we then have to pack the car with all of the food, which ends up being an entire debacle because there's just food everywhere. Things are moving all around. Things are sloshed and jostling, and it, it it's just an issue. It's it's a problem. <laughs> it's something that I think we need to stop doing. But you know, you can't tell mom to do that.
3: Yeah, you're out there packing the car freezing cold freezing
4: cold freezing
0: cold there's Jeez. nothing more nerve-wracking than when you have something from your mom say hey hold that be careful it's a glass bottom and there's like a little uh, there's some ice yeah. on the ground yeah you might have had a few like tours yeah. lights you don't you're like oh, don't no. touch, don't, <laughs> don't, oh my goodness don't touch the bottom of this it's piping yeah, hot yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, but at the same time if you drop it you're dead to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you're, yeah and
4: you're carrying it you're like mm, it's so hot i gotta put it down But you gotta nowhere put it down that is the pinnacle you're holding the pin- for some reason there's no travel cases there's nothing you can Keep it in, it's the, the pan that she was cooked in, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah hold, hold, these, hold, these,
3: hold these two towels around this <laughs> piping hot pan of, of uh, stuffing. And if you don't set this down in 30 seconds, it's gonna burn through your hands. We have to take you to the hospital. No pressure, though.
4: No pressure. No pressure.
3: That's a good segue into my second to last one because you, yeah, I don't, we're all messed up here, but um, I have two more. Mom starts to stress everyone out. That's how you know it's Thanksgiving because my mom's a big, we got to keep the house cleaner. If you go use the bathroom, why is the towel not folded? Why'd you not put mm. the seat down? You know, could someone help me with this? I'm like, Mom, I don't know how to. I don't know how to use the egg beater. I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what. I don't know what the whisk looks like. I can't
4: help you out. Okay. Do you ever get yelled at for your skills? Because that's what happens. My mom will be like, "Yo, mix this for me," and then I'm it. and she's like, "You're not mixing right."
3: Right, right. Or like, then why did you fold? ask me to do you it? You got to. You have to fold in the cream cheese, and apparently my motion's not a proper fold. And if you don't fold it the right way, you don't get the air underneath, and you need the air underneath to get to, to get it to rise in the pan. I don't know, but it's just my. It's and the reason why my mom puts on a great display. every Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. I mean, we always have great food. You know, it, you know the house always looks nice. But it's just stressful because, like, you know, you got to sit down with your dad and, and my brother. I'm like, look, guys, Thanksgiving's coming up. It's going to, you know, we're going to have to be on our game because be we're going to get game. yelled at. And then everyone's going to start getting upset and it's going to ruin the day. And, you know, you got to keep the house clean. You got to be, you know, you got to use the manners, you know, got whatever. It's so got to set the table. We're not setting the have table to. the right way. I don't know how to do that. My mom does the thing where she stands the napkin up and I don't know how to stand the napkin up and mm. it just falls over, looks bad. That's a mess. It's every
0: every family occasion, like the two hours before, is the most stressful yeah, thing in Armageddon. my household. It's a two-minute drill. Armageddon. No, it's yeah. unbelievable. My mom's my mom's just giving me like the stink eyes like really, you're gonna sit on a couch and watch me just clean I am like mom, I don't know what to do. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what to do. Exactly. And, I feel and, like there to be less it's... help if I if I join in. And I'm like, you want me to like mash the potatoes? She's like, no, you'll do it wrong. I'm like, then d- don't ask me. Don't ask. Or d- don't give me the stink eye. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But at the same time, I love you, mom. So. <laughs> yeah, me too, mom. Sorry,
3: yeah, um, love you, mom. My last one uh, that I have, I think, Julia, are you all done with yours?
0: Yeah, yeah. I went, we went through mine because I had a. That's turkey right. as well. My
3: last one is when you know what's Thanksgiving when Dad passes out on the couch. Hundred percent. That's it. Hundred you know, percent. He's snoring. No one can hear each other talk. We're trying to watch whatever. What's the? I don't know what the other game is this year. Like probably like Redskins and Cowboys or something. Who knows. Um but that's usually the telltale sign is when you uh you know you walk in the living room, where's dad at? Oh, he's been asleep on the couch for a half hour. He'll wake up around nine thirty PM, go right up to bed, whatever. It's that's how you know. That's how you that's put how the you cap
4: know. on. That's
3: how you cap off a great Thanksgiving. Is your dad day. a
4: mouth breather when he
3: sleeps? At my, least on dude, Thanksgiving. My dad, my dad snores so loud all the time. <laughs> like all the time. You can hear him from bedrooms away. Oh, I love it it. just and he just my dad can fall asleep anywhere, too. He's got this one spot on the couch that he always lays on. And it's just like he goes, if I, like, if you're sitting on it, he goes, you're in my spot. Yeah. Oh, so it's time for a nap, huh, dad. <laughs> but it's just it, it, he snores uncontrolled. It's just loud. It's gross, too. And he just he refuses to get help. Just, I want him to get help. <laughs> I want to get help. I don't want him to have to live like that. But that's that's it. When dad passed out on the couch, I take my nap, too. You know, I just you have to like a mental thing like I got half the nap it's like just part of the day you put your pants on you brush your teeth eat the food take a nap and exactly, that's it exactly and that's how you know it's Thanksgiving that's it put the kibosh on that put the kibosh on it woohoo happy Thanksgiving everyone
4: happy Thanksgiving
3: okay well, I guess we'll move on now good segue that's we'll a great just, time. we'll just move on
4: one thing that also happens on Thanksgiving some football football not necessarily college football but right. some football there's football but to talk college football we have Alex McRae
3: nice oh wow I, I was like what are you talking about but then we that. got it. Look at that.
1: And we got now Look Alex McRae's here. Hey, yeah. Alex. I, I thought that's a pretty solid transition. Thank I don't, you. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a fun weekend in college football. Excellent. Well, we will talk some
3: college football playoff stuff because we have to and we haven't, and that's probably on us. But let's start with some Michigan State stuff. We tried to talk about the Rutgers game. I don't know if we actually said anything worth mentioning. Uh, if there's any thoughts or takeaways on your part that you want to get to, that any any burning opinions or analysis, uh, that the floor is yours.
1: Um, I would say it was a game of butts where Lewerke <laughs> looked really good, but it was against Rutgers. Yes. Collins had a great day, over 100 yards, but only 3.5 yards a carry. Cody White, career day, but. He hasn't done that all season. The defensive line looked good, but again, it was against Rutgers. We hadn't seen yep. that against the elite competition. The offensive line was not good. There was no if ands, or buts about it. The offensive line got bullied by the Rutgers defensive line on many occasions. The score should not have been only 27 to nothing. The defense played very well. Uh, You you can't put that past them. You shut a team out, that's incredible. But based on what that offense did, it looked awful. It was not good. There were three empty trips deep into Rutgers' territory that resulted in in zero points. That's inexcusable against a team that, if there was relegation in college football, Rutgers would have been in (laughs) Division II football by now. It, it's it, it's just a very ugly scene for Michigan State football. Great to get a win. You know, the seniors are out there. They're playing their hardest, and they're, they're playing for pride at this point. So good to see them take care of business against obviously lesser competition. But when you turn the ball over on downs twice inside Rutgers territory, you miss a 33-yard field goal. You walk away with no points. That should have been a 40-point game.
4: Yeah. And I think, yeah, you hit all the nails that we hit. Kind of the same thing as Ryan said, there's not much to talk about with Rutgers. So we'll, we'll move and we'll go to some of our talking points that we hit that we want to want to get your thought and opinion on first. Uh, we, we discussed the legacy of Joe Bosch. And you know, I want to ask you, kind of looking back, how will you look at Joe Bosch and kind of, especially as we're going to look towards Maryland, what these seniors have, have meant to this program and what they're going to leave behind?
1: You know, I think Joe Bocci, in in a lot of ways, is very similar to Max Bulla and what happened with him. He yeah. was a very big part of a great defense, but left a little unceremoniously where uh, Bulla didn't play in the Rose Bowl. And the guy who took his spot had maybe one of the most iconic plays in Michigan State football history to win that game. Yeah. I, think this Joe ba- I think the Joe Bocci situation is very similar, where it's a shame to see a guy who has been such a great player for this defense... Just go out with a fizzle. I mean, he there's no bang there. It was on a really bad football team. This five and six team is not good. <laughs> I mean, the first win in eight weeks—that's ridiculous. Has it really been that long? I, I believe so. <laughs> if yeah, you know what, it is. It has been a while. Yeah, but
3: interesting. Yeah, I, it's 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 tough. And Julian and I talked about too of just the overall theme of. This defense in this senior class that it almost feels like their time here has been wasted. I mean, I don't know if you would. I guess I just would ask you as a, as a senior yourself who's now also going to be graduating in May, as, just like myself and the rest of these seniors. Uh, what would you, I guess, outside looking in or, or hindsight being 2020, do you think this was a, a wasted group, if that makes any sense? Or if that might be too harsh to say a wasted group, but a group that didn't maybe meet expectations or were let down by
1: other factors on this team? You know, it was interesting. We talked about this a few days ago on SRZ or a few weeks ago where you look back at what this team has done over the last three seasons when a majority of these guys were starters, right? 2017, they go 10-3, and three, right? Two of those games are in really fluky weather games where Penn State and Michigan, where they get two of their marquee wins on the season and then they cap it off against a Washington State team that was really kind of a skeleton crew. And if those two weather games weren't as weird as they are, you look back at what this team's done the last two seasons and you say, well, maybe they wouldn't have won those games. Maybe the 10-3 and 3 was the fluke, and the 7-5 and 5 was more the reality of the situation. So I don't know if you can necessarily say that this talent was wasted. I just think that it was underutilized. And did they have the potential to be a college football playoff team at any time? I don't think so. I don't think this team could have competed with the teams that you see now like Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, the guys who are at the top of the top of the board right now. But could they have been, you know, a ranked team for the majority of their their time here? I I think so. I think there was a few missed opportunities, so it's a it's really a mixed bag.
4: And I think you hit on it. it's being underutilized. And the under underutilization comes and kind of starts with the coaching and not it not being there for the, the, the last few seasons here. And so one thing that we also discussed and was was made clear earlier this week was that Mark D'Antonio fully expects to be here uh, for Northwestern in 2020. And I want to ask you, uh, do you, one, think that is the, the best decision going forward for Michigan State to keep him? Obviously, he's not going to say anything different, but to keep him there, for him to be on the sidelines at that point. And, yeah, I'll, just, I'll leave it at that. Is that the best decision for Michigan State, to keep D'Antonio on for another season? Does he deserve to complete the circle?
1: Does he deserve it sure, sure i mean he he's been one of the greatest coaches in Michigan state football history. Sure, he doesn't have the national championships that the other guys, Duffy Doherty and Biggie Munn have. But in terms of winning and creating a standard at of Michigan state football, creating that brand, yeah, I think he he deserves to go out on his own terms. But when you look at it from an objective standpoint, where you don't have feelings that go into this decision. No, no, he he shouldn't be the head coach. Based on the product that he's put out on the field the last four years, he's under 500 since the Alabama game. Under 500. Winning programs don't put up with that. Teams like Georgia, teams like Alabama, teams like Clemson, they wouldn't deal with five and six, you know, seven and five teams year in year out. They want to win. And I I think this program is putting a lot of emphasis on loyalty. And to a degree, that works with programs. I mean, you see how successful Michigan State had been basing on that same philosophy. But now, looking at what they've done, the loyalty turned into complacency. And that has really resulted in what Michigan State football is now, and that's a mid-tier Big Ten team.
3: Well, Collins asked a pretty pretty good question as far as when Mark D'Antonio's whole thing about completing circles, and Collins asked us, you know, what do you think this circle is now that needs to be completed or what are the steps to complete this circle? And, and Julia and I were kind of tossing back and forth of, well, You know, I I don't think D'Antonio is in a spot where he wants to leave this program as it is now. If anything, he wants to go down with the ship if it's going to sink even further and then whatever, they fire him, whatever, or do what he's done before and what I'm sure he hopes to do is is build this thing back up to a a powerhouse program. So, as far as the steps in between of getting there, and, you know, Julian and I tossed around recruiting or, or changing the coaching staff, what do you think needs to happen in these next
1: couple of years to complete that circle? To be quite frank, I'm they they just need to be better in all facets. I think player development is huge. The offensive line hasn't developed a pro prospect since what was it, Brian Allen in 2017, much, yep. and that was uh, still on a pretty bad offensive line that year. Brian Allen was the only pro that's going to come out of that unit. You look at the guys they have now. You can blame injuries. You can blame a lack of chemistry with the other guys because of the injuries but it it starts up front with football teams and the the defensive line showed that they were a big catalyst as to why the defense was so good last year and is still ranked I believe 14th in allowed rushing this season and you see it on the offensive side of the ball and that I think is a big reason why the the offense has been so horrible the last four years to to be honest with you and they need to be a lot better in that and that will come from recruiting and coaching and all that, but they need to just get better in player development if they want to be successful again.
4: And moving from Michigan say now, we'll look nationally. <laughs> um and you look at the, the college football playoff rankings as of right now still have yet to be changed. But L S U at one, Ohio State two, Clemson and Georgia, uh first two out of there, Alabama and Oregon. Oregon loses uh, this weekend, so they will drop out now, and it makes a very interesting battle. For one, we'll start with the four slot there as to who will fill that four slot. Oregon was looking to kind of do if they go on and win the conference championship to take that four slot. Uh, if you're looking at who's going to take it now, what team would that be?
1: Well, I think um, it it'd be hard to keep two SEC teams out at this point. If Utah doesn't win the Pac-12, if Oregon beats Utah and wins the Pac-12, there the four spot will be either LSU, Georgia or Alabama. Those situations uh, occur when if LSU were to lose to Georgia, Georgia, in my opinion, would probably move up to the two spot, and uh, Ohio State, assuming they win the Big Ten, would move up to the one, LSU down to the four. Now, if LSU beats Georgia, then Alabama jumps into the mix, uh, also assuming that Oregon wins the Mm Pac-12 in this situation, and... Well actually Georgia doesn't really have an opportunity to stay at the four spot now that I think about it but they are in the playoff or they're out at that at, at yeah. this point. So I really think that it's LSU and Alabama's spot to lose if Oregon wins the Pac12. I think Utah still has a shot at it. I think the Pac12 is is fading out of the conversation a little bit. I think the Big uh, 12 is all but out. And then if Clemson holds course And wins the ACC, which they should, considering they don't have another ranked opponent on their schedule. OSU holds course and beats whether it's Minnesota or did they clinch the Big Ten East yesterday? They might have Ohio State. No. um, Or Minnesota. Minnesota West. Sorry. West. I I don't know. It's a good question because I I have they reached ten wins. They did. They did not. They gotta beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. 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 So they gotta beat Wisconsin. That's why game days there. Yeah. Whether it's uh, Wisconsin or uh, Minnesota in the Big Ten championship game, I think Ohio State still wins it. But there really are probably like five or six teams that have uh, a real shot at the playoffs still. And so I will ask because I think, <laughs> as
4: you said, depending on what happens with LSU and you know, even if Ohio State goes on, and to say they were going to lose in the Big Ten championship, a lot of questions as to who that number one is going to be. And you could argue that Ohio State has – probably been the best team in college football so far this season but I don't know necessarily if they put together the performance they wanted against Penn State Uh, and so would you say there is an argument to be made that Ohio State should be the one or do you think because of what took place on Sunday with or not Sunday Saturday with Penn State LSU has still been clearly defined as the number one
1: I I think LSU still hangs on to the one spot if Ohio State hadn't fumbled if Justin Mm -hmm. Fields doesn't fumble in the end zone and they they score Points on the drives in which they turn the ball over, or even only have one of those turnovers, I think they have a really solid chance to do it. But the fact that they only they didn't cover the spread, I think they're might not necessarily play a part into whether the deciding factor is. But when it comes down to what the committee is going to look at, they're going to say LSU they took care of business. Ohio State took care of business, but not as well as we would have expected them to. So I think. In the end, LSU is still going to hold on to it.
4: And I do. I, one question for myself, and I think has kind of been, been posed a little bit in our, in our group chat. You look at Clemson. And Clemson, I don't think there's any doubt about it that they are one of the best teams in college football. They haven't played anybody this season. And so if you're looking at that, are you? do you have any issues with the fact that they have built a schedule where they play absolutely no one and have not necessarily shown that they are one of the better teams in college football? And then... Do you think that there is kind of a a dark horse potential that someone could take out Clemson if they when they do make the playoff?
1: Well, I, I in the playoff, I think a a team a top mm-hmm. four team could <clears throat> excuse me could easily beat them, but I don't know about an ACC opponent. At this time, it looks like they're going to play Virginia in the uh, the ACC championship game. I don't think any ACC team is that great. I that I think is a big reason why their schedule is so weak. I think the ACC is really kind of a joke of a conference at this point. They they don't have any real competition there for Clemson at least. So I I don't think there's a there's a way in which Clemson doesn't make the playoff, but in, when they get into the playoff, I think there's a very real possibility that the uh, one of the top other 3 teams could could knock them off. All right, we have more college football
3: playoffs to talk about as the season rolls on here. Alex McCray, thank you for your time on this Sunday, sir. All righty. We've got a little bit more of the show to do. Hang in there, folks. we got 15 minutes left. We have the picks coming up very shortly. We're going to go to a quick break. If you want to join the show... Feel free to call us. 517-432-3893 is the number, or text us. 517-884-8989. You can tweet us as well at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GWReport. We'll be right back, folks. This is the Green and White Report. saying up. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. A little Fetty Wap instrumental for you. Fire on this fine. set. what happened to Fetty Wap? Is I
2: he don't alive?
3: know. I don't know. Didn't he like get a new eye and then just like leave? He did. Oh yeah, He got a bad eye, or he just had zero eye in the one
0: eye.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that was one of the jokes and memes I saw. Whatever. Fetty Wap got enough money to get
0: himself a new eye. The that then a good song. That's Fetty Wap was notched Like he had that year, he was notched Whatever that means. Is that some You know sl- slang. You guys don't know what next means. Well, like, I know w- what
4: next mean. Don't, don't throw me in this.
3: It <laughs> 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 was next meaning like he was like the up and coming. G- oh yeah, he had. Well, he put back. What was the six seven nine? Is a good one. And then with uh, the other, what was the other one? What well, the one that was just playing. Was that six seven nine?
4: I think that was six seven
3: nine. And I got the- I'm trying to think. What is the soda? No, I don't know. Either way, whatever. Not the name of the song. Whatever. But
4: so. yes, he, he was next.
3: Okay, well, I'll allow it. I like Trap Queen. Well. Tra- yes, Trap Queen. Yes, know. that was six, seven, I know. And then playing. My Way. Yeah.
4: Maybe won't you come?
1: My way? Ooh, okay. Well, there
3: you go. Uh, anyway, oh, we have the NFL picks segment now. Alex McCray's back. Hi, Alex. How's it going?
1: Good Hi, to see Alex. you again. <laughs> Good to see you again. Long time no see.
3: I feel like I, I do that every week where I'm like the guy that's sitting here for, for MSU Part Two. I'm like, all right, well, thanks for coming on. Then I just forget that we're going to have him on for NFL picks. So. Whatever. Just has been one of those days. All right, Collins, whenever you're ready, we're going to get rolling with the picks here. Collins will moderate today.
0: Ooh. I, I, we got to get some <laughs> score system for this, like, Pitts because we're just picking games with no well, We
3: do. We, we, we have to go back and look at every single week now. It's going
0: to take a while. But we'll, yeah, it's going to take a minute.
3: We'll do it eventually. Honestly,
0: or, I don't want to know. I'm a, definitely like, I, I owe 100. Are, are you ready for an ad in the middle of this? <laughs> yeah, that's just how it is. We'll just just roll out the punches. Okay, well, we start out early. Hot Falcons team, two games in a row, absolutely dominated the Panthers last week. Lane three and a half at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
4: Am I going to start this one?
1: All right. Okay. Jameis Winston sucks. Give me the Falcons. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Yeah. No, I I got to agree with you there. (laughs) I'm not a Jameis Winston guy at all. He throws four picks today. Falcons win big. I'm
3: also not a Jameis Winston guy. As Ryan Collins always says, or I I assume he always says, water always finds its level. I don't say. That. I don't know. <laughs> I think you do. But water always. Water its level. Just say the Falcons. It. The Falcons are due to either lose this game or not cover. I also can't stand Jameis Winston, but the Buccaneers will cover
0: and Oh, they're on the road. Doesn't matter. They'll cover today. Give me the Bucks. Gotta eat that W. I'm a big Jameis guy. <laughs> move. Move to. What's Orchard Park, New York? Sure. Bill's Mafia. Bring in the Denver Broncos. The Bills are only four point favorites. Some spread. Yeah. Wow. No one circles the wagons no like the one Buffalo Bills. No one circles bills. the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.
3: Go ahead, Julian.
0: Give me the
4: Bills in this one. Bronco- is Joe Flacco still starting?
0: No. No? Yeah. No, no. Brandon no. Allen. Bra- former Arkansas
1: quarterback. Not related to Kyle Allen.
4: Excuse me. Give me the Bills.
1: Yeah, no. New era stadium's gonna be rocking Bill's Mafia in full force. Give me the fighting Josh Allens. Josh
3: Allen, <laughs> Josh Allen, sneaky learning how to play quarterback more
0: and more every week. I will take the bills here. Josh Allen has been, like, one of the better fantasy quarterbacks this year. It's, like, yes. wild. Also like unrelated
3: wild. to Brandon Allen and Kyle Allen.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of Allens in the lead. We don't talk about that enough. We don't talk People about that. People forget that. A lot of white guys named Allen in the NFL, I does. Fair. Oh, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> 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 The Chicago Bears welcome in the New York Giants. Bears, six-point favorites at home. Can they score six points this week? That's what... <laughs> give me... I'm going to go with the Bears, but Giants cover this one. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: There's no way Bears, the Giants don't cover
0: happening. this line. The, the Giants... Bears are terrible. Sorry, I'm cutting McRae off. Sorry.
1: You're fine. Uh, no, the, the Giants are so much worse than the Bears. I don't know how much Giants football you guys have watched this year. But Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram are the only players on that team worth an NFL roster spot. Give me the Bears. I think Saquon's going to be the key here to
3: keep the Giants in this game. I don't trust the Bears offense. Uh, I'll take the Giants here to
0: cover. Uh, Okay. I like like that pitch. I like that pitch. Classic. What is it? AFC North rivalry. The Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers lane six and a half. Give me the Bengals. Yeah. Give me the Bengals. Oh. Why not? This is
4: good. I have to have one. Why, why not? Pick. <laughs> Give me the Bengals in this one. I'm off Mason Rudolph's side. We're done with him. So we're going with the Bengals. or oh, wait. You're off his side. Yeah, we're off his side. Okay. We're going. We're going against him for the rest of the season. He does
0: have a dumb face. I have,
4: I've picked a side in just the fact that I'm just not going to go against. Go with Mason Rudolph and the Steelers for the rest he, of the season.
1: As much as I don't like Mason Rudolph. And as much as I respect the Cincinnati man who's sleeping on his roof until the Bengals get a win, I have to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. The Bengals are so bad. I have to go Someone's with gotta the Steelers. Someone's got to get my man off
4: the roof at some point.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. It ain't going to be this week, Julian, because <laughs> the Steelers are going to win, and they're going to win big. A.J. Green has effectively quit on this team. And he has no longer played wants to all bo- year. No longer wants to play football anymore. I think he's healthy, but he doesn't want to come back. That's Why thing. would you? Exactly. Uh, everyone's quitting on this team. Skyline Chili stinks. Never had it, but I assume it stinks. Uh, give me the Steelers <laughs> here
0: big. Sane in the state of Ohio. Joe Dandron in the other studio, waving his hands up and down. Browns 10 and a half, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Yikes.
4: God. I want to pick the Dolphins just because Joe's here, but this is easy Browns money
1: right now. Dolphins are horrible. 10 and a half is pretty low for the Dolphins this year. You know, the Dolphins have played a little bit better the last nope. couple of weeks. But they're not fooling oh. me this week. I oh. gotta go with the Browns. McCray, I agree. The
3: Dolphins have shown some competency in the last couple of weeks. And out of spite, because the Cleveland Browns showed you again last week, one the most embarrassing organization in sports,
0: give me the Dolphins here. Wow, there it is. You like the Dolphins? <laughs> Joe Dandron is not happy in the Sorry. other studio. Sorry. Don't yeah, hit it- people in the head with your helmet. That, first of all, I, I, I don't know if you guys talked about it. You tried to murder a guy in, like, on the field. brick killed a guy. Basically. <laughs> you might want
3: to lay low for a while. Stay off the streets. Dolphins. Carolina
0: Panthers basically playing for their season today in New Orleans. Saints are minus nine and a half in the Superdome. Give me the Saints in this one. Do I want?
4: No, just give me the Saints. I don't think the Panthers will cover. Give me the Saints.
1: You know, the Panthers played horribly last week. That was an embarrassing showing for them. But the New Orleans Saints haven't played as well as we would have expected with Drew Brees back. Give me the Panthers to cover. Nine and a half is a lot of points. Before I get to this pick to defend myself
3: from my last pick, I got an update. Browns fans are swinging a helmet at a Mason Rudolph pinata during a tailgate today. Keep it classy, Cleveland. Uh, I will take... Give me the uh, That's kind of funny. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's it almost killed him. Give me the Panthers a here. I
4: gotta, I'm, not, I'm laughing a little bit. <laughs> this, is,
3: <laughs> this is a lot of points here on the side of the Saints. I love the Saints. They have a great run defense, but Christian McCaffrey will do Christian
0: McCaffrey things. I think the Panthers cover here. Going to New York here. The New York Jets welcome in Oakland Raiders. Raiders minus three and a half. Derek Carr and the boys.
4: Give me the Raiders in this one, and Derek Carr will find a way. On the road, they'll get a win here.
1: Yeah, no, I got to agree with you. Oakland has a phenomenal rookie class. They've played really well so far, and the Jets are just awful. Give me the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders
3: in this one because I think Derek Carr has shown you that he can play in these kind of games and get the job done. Uh, I'll take the Raiders. I will say, though, if you're a gambling man, Collins, you're going to want the over in this game. The Jets have put up like 30-plus points in the last two games or something. You're going to want the
0: over, but I'm taking the Raiders here. The Jets are making a run for the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Sam Darnold, yeah, we still think we can do it. Let's Anything move on. Yeah, jeez. Philadelphia, minus one at home today. And it's the Seattle Seahawks off a of bye.
1: The Some Seahawks spread. off. Yeah, that's wild.
4: Yeah, I find this kind of ridiculous. Give me Seattle easily over the Eagles.
1: Yeah, no. Russell Wilson's the MVP this year so far. I got to go with Seattle and I'm going to give them a lot of points. Give me the Seahawks big time.
3: Part of me wants to do part of me wants to outsmart myself here and take the Eagles cuz I know this line is the way it is for a reason, but I just can't justify not taking the Seahawks here. They've been great all year.
0: I will take the Seahawks. Okay, move on. We're I, This team's record, I don't know how they're still in the playoff discussion because I feel like every week they lose. The Tennessee Titans are minus three and a half against the Jacksonville Jadwires. The fact this game's on on Thursday, what a shame. Tennessee competing for their lives. Give
4: me the Titans in this one. This is going to be a pretty close game, though. I, I'm, I'm a fan of this one. This is going to be a close game.
1: Yeah, since they went to Ryan Tannehill, they're three and one, the Titans are. Give me the Titans. I don't hate the Titans here,
3: but I think the Jaguars will
0: at least cover. I'll take the Jags. 425 kick. New England Patriots minus 5.5 versus the Dallas Cowboys in Foxborough.
4: Tom Brady, not great in their last game. Was zero passing touchdowns for him in that one. Still think the Patriots get it done here. Don't think the Cowboys are good enough, have not been a fan of what they've been putting out on the field this season. Give me the Patriots.
1: Yeah, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys guy at all. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think, is a fraud. I think he plays really well against bad teams, which we saw last week. So give me the Patriots big. Julian, what's my rule? Don't bet
3: against
0: the Patriots. Lock it in. Give me uh, the pads. That's such a cop-out. What's my one rule? I don't bet against Alabama and the Patriots. Said every sports pundit in America. Well, <laughs> sorry, that's why I'm rich. That's why I'm rich, because I bet the that's Patriots every rich. week. Okay, jeez. Sunday Night Football, 49ers minus three at home. And it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Give me the Packers in this
4: one. I have not been on the side of the 49ers and Jimmy G this season. I think the Packers get it done on the road. Aaron Rodgers leads a thrilling win over the San Francisco 49ers.
1: I think outside of Seattle, Green Bay is the best team that San Francisco will play all year. Give me the Packers. Is San Francisco still undefeated? No, they lost. They lost. Seattle.
3: That's right. I want the Packers here. I actually think that the Packers with Aaron Rodgers are starting to put something together as they're rolling into the playoffs. Uh, The Niners, I don't know, man. It's still hard for me to buy in. I'll take the Packers to win outright.
0: Ooh, Ooh, sprinkle a little on the money line. (laughs) (laughs) Tease the money line. We got Monday Night Football, Rams, Ravens, Ravens minus three in L.A. We got a good slate this week. Good slate. Yeah, really good slate.
4: This one's easy Ravens for me. MVP pick and against a guy in Jared Goff who has shown time and time again he is not the guy in L.A. Ravens take this one.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the Rams on this one. I like Baltimore. I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's a really dynamic player. But I think the Rams are going to get up for this one. I think they at least cover. Jared Goff has been recently dropped from my fantasy team.
3: I love Lamar Jackson. I love watching the Ravens. The Ravens, I think, are going to be one of the are going to be in the AFC Championship game. The Rams have t- taken a weird step back this year. I don't really understand it. They're not as potent as they were last season. Uh, three to me in this game might be a lot.
0: I'm going to take the Ravens and hope they push. Ooh, okay. In the best game, in the most important game of the week. <laughs> As the Detroit Lions set up the FedEx Stadium where they're selling $4 tickets to an NFL game, an actual NFL game, Detroit Lions are minus four as they go take on the Washington Redskins led by Dwayne Hastings.
4: This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I want to say Lions. I do because the Washington's not that great either, but I think this is going to be a Haskins performance. He's going to show himself in this one. Give me Washington in this one.
1: The Lions aren't starting Matthew Stafford, Tracy Walker, Rashawn Melvin, Jamal Agnew, Frank Ragnow, Trey Flowers, or Deshaun Hand. They're all inactive today. I think the Lions might be able to squeak this one out, but give me the Redskins to cover. This is going to be a game where Dwayne Haskins throws
3: for 400 yards and five touchdowns. You're going to see him all over the news of... The Ryan new, Rabinowitz the in flat
0: football could have thrown 500 yards against this Lions second. I don't know how
3: I feel about that. It's a very backhanded <laughs> compliment, but I'll take it anyway. This is the game. If you're a Redskins fan, you're going to love what you see from your new quarterback. The face of the franchise is here. Darius Geis is back as well. I do like the Lions to cover because I believe in Jeff Driscoll, and he deserves a win. Give me the Lions here. It's going to be ugly. You're not going to want to watch this game, but I will because I'm insane. And I'm wearing a game-worn Drew Stanton jersey in the studio. Which, is, which is amazing, by the way. Humble it. brag.
5: It's a flex. Thank you.
3: Farmington Hills legend. Harrison, right? Yeah, I think so. Legend. Well, that's the picks. As Collins. Here there we go with is. the fade. Not bad, Collins. How are you? How are you? Thanks for coming. Well, that was it for today, I guess. What
4: that's a great it. show. What a good time. It's
3: always a good time in here. Time flies when you're having fun, as I
0: always say. I I, I got to say something. With the technical <laughs> difficulties, I didn't get to play Rabinowitz's song, and I don't think I'm going to get a ride home in that stuff of wanted. I, all I wanted was my song. You I can call me Al. It. We couldn't do it. Can we do it now? No, I'm us? sorry. It, it, it's not in the cards. It's, still, it's not in the cards. It's, just not, it's not in the cards. Whatever. I guess it's not in the cards. I guess so, it's on the cards. It is what it is.
3: I guess that's all for us today here, folks, on the Green and White Report. For Ryan Collins, behind the glass. For Henry Menegos, who is also in studio today. Uh, Alex McRae. Who else is here? Kyle Hattie. Nathan,
4: Nathan Stearns. Stearns.
3: And my friend, Julia Mitchell. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Thank you for listening today to the Green and White Report. We will see you next Sunday and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Have a good Thanksgiving,
2: folks. We'll see Happy you next time.
1: Happy Thanksgiving.
2: You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org slash
4: sports.